Hello, everybody. This is Nuke Party Podcast, episode two. Hello. Uh, today is a very special episode. Uh, last week, or last time we recorded, we talked about something near and dear to our hearts, music. This time we're going to talk about movies. Yes, top five movies. Oh, yeah. You want to kick it off? or so? Uh, oh, wait. You had something you want? You had a story, huh? Yeah, I, so... I really so I kind of hope it's fake, but at the same time I kind of hope it's real. Apparently they're making a Winnie the Pooh slasher like horror movie. Oh, dude, I saw that shit. I like it has to be a prank. It's literally a dude in like a shitty morphed Walmart Winnie the Pooh mask, and uh, Piglet looks like fucking what's his face from The Lion King, Tump Pumba from The Lion King, the boar. Yeah, the little piglet looks like some boar creature. Apparently, again I. I hope it's fake, but at the same time, it's like a train or a train wreck that you can't look away from. I kind of want to see it because yeah. I know it. How could you make a good movie out of that? You can't. But I guess Christopher Robin went to college, so it's like Toy Story three gone wrong. Essentially, <laughs> Christopher Robin went to college. So Winnie the Pooh's like, I gotta murder people. Winnie the Pooh and Piglet apparently ate Eeyore, which is a toy. Last time I remember, dude. And they're going around like there isn't an actual video trailer which is why I'm kind of suspecting if this is real or not, but apparently it's blowing up, so whatever. They're making a fucking, I think it was released yesterday or today, uh, Disney, the Chippendale Adventures or something, and they make Peter Pan like some old, he's a villain. Yeah. He's like some overweight, like 45-year-old dude, balding, facial hair, like crumbs all over his face as a villain. So I guess if they're going to do that, I guess. I mean, it's a little more extreme, but I guess this can happen. But literally, the screenshots, it's like this stereotypical horror movie, some girl, bikini, in a jacuzzi, like, with her eyes closed with a beer bottle, and it's just them hovering over her. And there's another screenshot, I think it's Piglet, with, like, his foot on top of someone's chest, like, after throwing them out of their car, Grand Theft Auto style, with a spiked bat. I don't know what the fuck they were thinking, but okay. Dude, that sounds like... (laughs) <laughs> a, box, a fucking box office smash, dude. Yeah, uh, okay. Yeah, that's... We'll see. Again. So you're going to see it? Again, I you can't I know, look away, dude. Yeah, I know it's not going to be good, but I feel like if they're going to make a movie, if that is real, if it's not, I look stupid, whatever. But if that is real, that's... I got to see that. I know it's going to be shit, but I got to... Yeah. yeah. I want to see... I like going on <laughs> Wikipedia and seeing what the budgets are. Yeah. So I think before I see it, I want to see how much they spent on it. Four dollars. Four dollars. <laughs> yeah, Two dollars for each mask at like yeah. Party City or something, and they lost money like. on the movie. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, they just need like a live action Peter Griffin, and then just give him a, a red shirt. My question is, which I was talking with one of my coworkers at work yesterday, no one wears pants in the Peter uh, oh, Winnie the Pooh universe. Yeah. Nobody wears pants. So, dude, uh, I saw this red shirt, but all the screenshots like they kind of block out the bottom half. So, is there going to be like? Swinging dicks think, in the middle of like Winnie, a slasher movie. You think Winnie the Pooh's packing? I don't know, but yeah. I I guess we might find out. He's addicted to honey. Yeah. <laughs> you know what that does? Yeah, he's slanging. Yes, but yeah, I'll say another news that's happening. Unfortunately, but uh, today we're going to talk about our top five favorite movies. Um, again, like I said before, obviously music is something that we've connected with in the past. I feel like movies is you know very similar, something I hold near and dear to my heart personally. This. Easily was 10 times harder than the last list. I thought, obviously, with the music list, excuse me, obviously Eminem's going to be on half of it. So the most difficult part was, what else do I put on the list? Because I have listened to a lot of music. But I've 
most of my childhood was going through like my dad's old, he had like an old DVD collection. This is before Blu-ray, obviously. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and just watching movies, essentially just kind of my brother and I entertaining ourselves, just watching whatever movies we had, which could be a good or a bad thing, arguably, but yeah. still <laughs> because of that, that's like at a very young age that kind of kickstarted my love for film in general, even movie theaters nowadays, like we were talking about before we recorded, um, there's a, you know, I, I, not just the one closer to me, but in general, movie theaters now, you got the the whole experience. Yeah, the well, popcorn. The pop, well, well air-conditioned, reclining seats. Um, it's not just $15 popcorn. You could actually buy food now, which is yeah a little more bang for your buck. It's like, what if movie theaters and Chili's kind of merge together? Oh, yeah, that'd be a good idea. But just in the middle of the movie, you have the fajitas come out. Yeah, essentially, yeah. That's <clears throat> you got the whole package. It's trying to replicate a, f- um, <clears throat> what should we call it? Like a a family movie night at home at the theaters. Yeah. So they're definitely picking their game up. But yeah, even before then, just film was always something that was very important to me. Yeah. But um, actually, one more tangent. I guess we can continue. Uh, this is like back in high school. I actually like. Before I finished high school, obviously, it's a while ago now, uh, I wanted to make film. I wanted to make movies, just like short films, putting into like just smaller rinky-dink festivals just to get it known. Obviously, that never happened, but um, I have about 75% of a script written down somewhere. This is before. It's all pen and paper. Um, The the older Eminem song, 97 Bonnie and Clyde, as like a sequel to the song. Of obviously, Haley was very young at that, like she wouldn't have remembered much of essentially the dad getting away with the murder and the the daughter essentially figuring out exactly what happened that night. Almost oh. like a, almost like a mystery thriller. Yeah. Like that'd be pretty good. In the song, obviously, he talks about, you know, he definitely is going to jail. He's not gonna get away with this, but yeah. to him it's worth it to see her out of the world and to make sure that the daughter is in, you know, not in the wife's hands. But uh, I could talk about that all day, but that's uh, it's just a few examples, I guess. Movies are very important to me. Yeah. So, Dude, you know I always thought of doing is, like, taking the Marvel movies and, like, just making the endings terrible where they don't save the day. Like, Iron Man's this billionaire, and this huge monster comes, and he's just, like, doing coke and— Throwing money at people. Yeah, strippers. And these, they're like, Iron Man, what are you going to do about this galaxy monster? It's like, I've got a lot of coke in the back. I am so high right now. <laughs> like, can you please, can we talk about this tomorrow? Yeah. And then the world just gets destroyed. And then you watch the credits and you wait for the after credits scene and there's just the middle there's none. There's none. No, yeah, there's none. Yeah, there is none. <laughs> it's Robert Downey Jr. on a boat doing more coke. Some girl's like, you want to try heroin? He's like, hell yeah, dude. I'm the, a billionaire. The end. The end. There's no sequel to that. Yeah, the no, world that, is destroyed. That's it. Unlike movies nowadays as well. Kind of getting, as again, I just said how much I love it. Movies nowadays, not all movies, but a little bit dry, I guess. Dry yeah. market for film. Let's pick something that works and let's run it through the dirt. Yeah. Or like you were saying, you saw the Firestarter movie. Oh, yeah, dude. St- another Stephen King book that's. I didn't even know it was Stephen King. And now that I know that, I'm like, how come they didn't do a better job? I don't know if that's just a story. I don't. I don't like reading, but uh, <laughs> but it was just. I don't know. It was kind of boring, and it was just you knew exactly like halfway through the movie. Once you figure out 
what they're trying to, like, you, you've seen, you read the book, or? Uh, no, honestly, the only reason why I know, which, yeah, I know, I'm fucking ignorant to the situation, but uh, I think at the beginning of one of the trailers, it says, like, based off of the Stephen King novel. Oh, okay. That, that's the only reason why I know, otherwise, yeah, I, I wouldn't know. Yeah, like, halfway through the movie, like, you know how it's going to end, mm. and then you're just waiting for, for the ending. To happen. That's why it's like, you know, if you're watching the Iron Man, you don't expect, like, when you, you expect when the galaxy monster comes, yeah. he's going to do something, and then it's like, nope. Yeah. And then you're surprised. You're not happy. Yeah. But surprise is a good emotion. Yeah. <laughs> there was, like, um, a similar movie. Again, I haven't seen it, but it looks similar. Um, what was that movie called? Um, I can't remember the name, but it's essentially, like, it's a similar concept, not firepowers, but what if Superman was evil, essentially? It's like an evil kid with Superman powers. Yeah. I forget. It was directed by the same guy that did Guardians of the Galaxy, which is kind of ironic, because it's still uh, comic book movies, but I forget what it was called. Uh, Brightburn. 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 Which, another, like, very interesting concept. I actually didn't hate the movie, honestly. It's But, uh, yeah, it's just, it's kind of interesting. Like, you were saying, obviously, well, now we know that's a Stephen King novel. There was a movie for it, I think, back in the 90s, and they've been doing that recently, or the last few years at least, like Pet Cemetery is another Stephen King book that had a movie. Let's just make another one, but kind of shitty. Yeah. I mean, no. I, I feel like they did the It movies right. I mean, I haven't seen the original one. I've seen the first two, and I've read, for the most part, the book. And I, I mean, I, I think those are pretty good, but other than the It movies, I feel like, yeah, they're kind of, let's just rehash the same movie because we're kind of running out of ideas. Yeah. Well, the It one was pretty good. Just, I don't know. I feel like horror horror movies aren't as good anymore. Yeah. I think the bet, like the one that really scared me was The Ring. Oh my God. Like yeah. that one was, yeah. every time the phone rang for like a week, I was like, I'm not answering it. Not today. It's your <laughs> best today. friend. It's like, no, it's not. Text message is there for a reason. So. Yeah. But um, yeah. So then we're going to be talking about our top five, not, you know, Overdone, overplayed, yeah. remade movies. You know, not talking about the Ghostbusters, but you know. So, top five favorite movies. Um, do you want to kick it off? Yeah, sure. Um, my number one is Sicario. It is, to me, hands down, probably the best movie ever made. It's mm. just, it's basically about how the CIA is sort of involved with the, um, with the um, cartels in Mexico and. How they kind of set things up to to kind of maintain, you know, they they realize they can't they can't stop all the violence that goes along with the drug trade. Mm -hmm. So they at least try to maintain it by making basically taking instead of twelve cartels, they just empower one, mm -hmm. and then that way there's no gang fighting or whatever. Wipe out so, the competition. Yeah. So that's basically the premise of the movie is like the CIA Benicio del Toro. I, he director I, right no no no. he's the he plays the um he used to be a mexican attorney mm. um and then uh his uh his children his wife and his uh child were killed by the cartel mm. so then the cia brought him in basically trained him turned him into this deadly weapon mm. and then he basically helps with helps the cia because the cia i guess has certain rules that they have to abide by yeah you know, and so he's technically not CIA, so he can pretty much 
do whatever. There's yeah. no rules for him. And a lot of under the table stuff. Yeah, so he's just a huge badass through the whole movie. He mm. has he knows all the the moves. He's hits everyone with the headshot like <laughs> just great. The the best scene to is there's two scenes. Uh there's this one where they're getting this high asset or high value asset mm. like a higher member in the cartel. Yeah. They're trying to get information. They have to cross the Mexican border. Mm. And uh, Emily Blunt, whose character is obnoxious. Yeah. She plays like this FBI agent that wants to do everything by the book. And, you know, she's like complaining the whole time. But she, she, when she signs on, because basically... It's almost like good cop versus bad cop in a way. Kind of, yeah. yeah. But she's she ends up... There's this great uh, breakdown on YouTube. Some guy was saying like, well, she's actually the antagonist because, yeah, you know... This this the CIA is trying to make th- make things so there's less violence or whatever, and yeah. she's like, no, we have to do it by the book. But it's like, okay, here's the book the way you want to do it, but then here's this way that would actually help. You know, it would decrease the the violent crime that goes along with the drug trade. Yeah. So um, they go they go over to the Mexican border. They grab the guy on the way back. Um, they have like a, a fight scene where these these uh, gang members basically they're following and the border is like a broken down car so there's like a there there's a huge traffic at the border mm. and they basically all get out and uh, there's just this huge gun scene because they're trying to kill the asset so he doesn't tell yeah doesn't yeah. give away any information so that that one's just badass Jeffrey Donovan uh you ever seen Burn Notice yes. Yeah, he's the main. He's in there too. Mm. I, this this movie just has like really good, great actors. I yeah. mean, Jeffrey Donovan's one of my top five because Burn Notice was just my favorite show. Yeah. Um, Emily Blunt's a great actress. I didn't like the, the character that she yeah. played, but she she's hot. <laughs> I liked Emily Blunt. Mm. Um, uh, Benicio del Toro. He was in. Uh, he was in the Avengers. He played like the the. Uh, the owner of that store in Gal- Gardens of the Ga- no, not Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, remember the guy who told the girl like, "Do you guy your kind has elbows, so use the elbow." You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I believe I so. Think yeah, that, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's him. Um, but that he's been in a lot of movies, but that was definitely probably one of the best roles I've ever seen played. Like he played it so well. Mm. Um, <clears throat> Josh Brolin's in it. Who's also I really like him. He was in the one. Uh, What's that movie where the guy with the silencer on the shotgun? No Country for Old Men. Mm-hmm. So he was in that one. That one was also a good movie. Um, the ending scene was also my favorite where he finally kind of gets some revenge on the... Mm. He's he's basically trying to get to the head the head guy yeah. of the cartel responsible for killing his wife and his child. Mm. And uh, he's working his way up and they kind of leave it open because... They got like a high-ranking member. Mm. He's trying to get the the big guy. Yeah. Sicario Two comes out. It's not as good, but it continues on the story. Okay. Where, you know, but he doesn't. He still doesn't get the guy. Okay. So I'm hoping they're working on a third one. I'm mm. hoping that's where he kind of, you know, yeah. they kind of end it on a, you know, because it's just I'm waiting for him to get the get the guy well, at this point. Like I'm invested. Yeah. Hopefully it's not like a Fantastic Beast situation. Like I don't know yeah. if you've seen the we're three movies in and Grindelwald is still like he was defeated and he's still out and about. 
Yeah. So hopefully it's not, you know what I mean? Like, see, and then one to wrap it up. Go back to my ideas about like the Avengers thing. Yeah. Like with, with the Coke. It's like, what if the ending of Sicario, if, if, if I took over it and I didn't <laughs> like Sicario, yeah. I would make the ending where he finally meets the guy that killed his, his family. Mm-hmm. And then the guy who kills his family shoots him in the head. The end. There you go. Dude. I would be so heated if that well, happened. That's definitely, that's, you're going to get people to watch the movie just because it, it's definitely a controversial ending. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I, I'd i be mad, but that would be hilarious yeah. if that's how it ended. Especially after three fucking movies. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, he's dead. Like, I'm invested at this point. <clears throat> yeah. Like, I don't even look at Benicio Del Toro as an actor. Yeah. I look at him as that guy. Like, yeah, that's him. That character. That's him yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Like, and uh, that was, the funny thing too is like during the Oscars, that was kind of the one where this the Will Smith wasn't uh, slapping Chris Rock. No, no, <laughs> no. That was way before when the Oscars was too white, mm-hmm. and they were saying how Will Smith got passed on uh, best lead actor. And uh, I didn't. It was the concussion movie where he played like the doctor that finds the football concussions. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I forgot the name, but I know he played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the that that might have been a snub. I didn't see con- con- the concussion movie, but I heard it was good. Yeah? yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So maybe maybe there was some merit to you know saying that, but the biggest snub I think was Benicio del Toro wasn't nominated for best supporting actor because mm. it was insane how good of a job he did. Yeah. And yeah, and it's just it's a thriller. I love thrillers where there's high tense situations where mm. you actually feel like you're in it. Like you're if this doesn't go completely right, I'm fucked. Yeah. Like, that. There's another movie that that's like that that all that's further down my list, but yeah, all in all, great storyline, great actors and actresses. Mm. Um, now that I've seen that uh, kind of breakdown of Emily Blunt's character as the antagonist, mm. I don't find her as annoying because I now there's a label to it, I guess, or a yeah. definition. But like when I first saw it with my dad, we were just like, God, her. We, cause we we liked um or we like uh, Emily Blunt, yeah. but she we were just like man, her character was so annoying. Yeah, and but that was just a really good movie. Yeah, you know, so that's that's my number one. Um, what's your number one? Number one is <laughs> so again, this is a very very hard list for me to make. It was pulling teeth. I think I originally had like a list of twenty, and it took me a while just to get down to five. Um, without a doubt, though, number one, again, I like it for its faults. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, the Vampire Hunter. I understand. It's a very B movie. Yeah. The special effect, it's essentially, I don't know if it was, it might have been a book originally. I don't know if it's a movie original. I know the concept of Abraham Lincoln being a vampire hunter is not a new concept. Like, I've I've seen it before, whether it's like a meme or I, I believe it was a book. But um, the, I don't know, that's just... I've seen a lot of movies, and I feel like a lot of movies try to take themselves too seriously. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this movie has a perfect blend of being serious and still kind of know, like, listen, we don't have the biggest budget in the world. Yeah, We don't have... There is a few, uh, what I like to believe, at least now, A-list celebrity actors. Um, not the main character, but his best friend is uh, Captain America now. The, the guy that was the Falcon. Yeah. He, he plays the best friend in Abraham Lincoln, the Vampire Slayer. Oh, okay. And kind of whatever. I, every I tell this to my buddy all the time, and it annoys the shit out of him. Every time I see him in a movie, my aunt actually dated him in high school. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, the guy uh, that plays Captain America now. The not, no. not Steve Rogers' Captain America, his best friend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My aunt dated him in high school. Oh, so really? So every, it annoys the shit out of him every time we see a fucking Marvel movie and the Falcon or now Captain America comes on stage he's like, hey, my aunt dated him in high school. It's like, I get it. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. But I don't know. That's whatever. That guy's a pretty good actor. Yeah, he's yeah. in a lot of good stuff. And he play, he's like a very good kind of supportive yet teasing best friend role in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's essentially a free man that he without getting too deep into the movie, obviously, because I could go on all day. Um, I mean, everyone knows who Abraham Lincoln is. Uh, they, His best friend was, to my knowledge, a slave. And his mother and his father, they were working at, like, I think they worked at a lumber yard, I believe. They're mm-hmm. cutting down trees. And they essentially stood up for the kid. And they bought the kid's freedom and they took him in. Oh, he, wow. he is free, but obviously with uh, movies that take place in this time period, you know, laws were more loose form, mm-hmm. obviously. They don't, we don't have eyes in the skies. We don't have cameras. We don't have ways of communicating that's not via fucking ink and quill or pigeon, essentially. Yeah. So you could be free, but it doesn't mean that everyone sees you as a free person. Yeah. So yeah. that's... No, they had the segregation laws. There very, right very interesting role that he played. Very interesting concept. Again, the CG for the vampire faces is like, I could probably do it on like my old Galaxy 3, like yeah. eight years ago. But it knows what it is. It's not supposed to be the best movie in the world. Yes, it is cheesy. But I, I think uh, what else is kind of interesting is they take... Uh, several turning points of the war because it starts off with Abraham Lincoln as a child and the death of his mother and some soup without spoiling some supernatural elements that are the cause and revolve around his mother's death which fuels his passion to essentially he's trying to avenge his mother mm-hmm. his mother was killed I mean it's the beginning of the movie the movie is like fucking 15 years old at this point if you haven't seen it whatever yeah. um, his mother was sick mm-hmm. he was, she was killed by a vampire and he winds up running into a vampire that is, he's a good guy, essentially. He was a human. He worked for this, like, uh, rich woman, I believe. They winded up having, like, a fling. And there's this, like, large, almost mafia family head of vampires. They're essentially trying to take over the South and then the entire country. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm trying to blank. But, yeah, so it, it's very interesting. Like, they'll take... Uh, certain points of the war, like the whole turning point of the war, uh, I believe it was, this is fact and whatever. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is 400 years ago, or not 400 years ago, but you know, what I'm <laughs> you know what I'm saying. The 400 year old problem essentially yeah. with slavery. Um, there was a point in the war, I believe, where silver was in short supply because they were using it to make weapons, mm-hmm. and it was a constant. Like people hated Abraham Lincoln for it. It's like we can't even have fucking dishes at home. And they take that, and it's a unique spin of, well, silver bullets as far as, like, vampires' weaknesses. Oh, yeah, So yeah, they yeah. kind of take stuff that people believe to be true or believe to be, you know, a factual part of history, and they kind of— Give it a different— Give it, a, like, yeah. a more—they give it a reason, obviously. I mean, whatever. I'm sure silver was uh, more effective to whatever they were using. But it's just very interesting. They have— um, Many lines that I just I say around the house is just I don't know it, it it's it's very campy very it's a serious movie but it doesn't take itself too serious yeah um, there's actually an actor the person that portrays the soon to be or eventually to become Abraham Lincoln's wife plays a very similar role 
or I guess a love interest in another movie further down the lane uh, of the list. But yeah, uh, again, I could talk about that all day. Abraham Lincoln, The Vampire Slayer. That's like I make it a tradition every year. I don't think I watch it at least once or twice a year. Mm -hmm. I don't think I could ever get bored of that movie. It's very well choreographed fight scenes, whether it's over the top or not. There's this fucking fight scene where he finally he's able to fight the person that he believes to have killed his mother. Mm -hmm. And they're on the ground and they're fighting. All of a sudden, the guy runs and there's just a like Lion King style, like horde of fucking horses just like taking up the entire dirt road and they're running and jumping on top of horses. And like he has the ax and he's trying to fucking get him and they're fighting on top of fucking horses. And the dude like picks a horse up and throws it at him and it's really not good CG, but yeah. it, it's it's hilarious in a good way. Yeah. So so you watch, do you watch it seriously or ironically? Oh, I love it. You love it? Oh, okay, I, okay. I, I absolutely, I fucking love that movie. Again, I understand it's not the best movie in the world, but yeah. I just, it's very, I could tell that at least the main few roles, like they had a fun time making that movie. Yeah. So, but yeah, that, that's number one. That's crazy. <laughs> I've never, I still haven't seen it. I got to watch it. I have it. I can, I mean, I can bring it with me. I have it on Blu-ray. I'm pretty sure I have um, one thing, speaking of movies, uh, Voodoo, if you know what that is. Yeah, yeah. The one thing I like now about, obviously I want a DVD, but I feel like it's nice to have movies more so on the go. Mm -hmm. So a little side tangent. <clears throat> when I bought the Blu-ray for this movie and for most movies, it comes with a code. You get a free digital code, essentially. So any of the movies that you're interested in, um, like you were saying that you have some on Prime, I have most of these are on my Voodoo account, so I could just give you my Voodoo account. Okay. Yeah. But, no. um, but yeah, so that's number one. Sweet. Um, number two for me is The Big Short. Mm -hmm. Like five years ago, I was just obsessed with the 2008 financial crisis. Mm -hmm. I went, uh, when I was in college, I had this whole class... That was just dedicated to that. Yeah. And, like, I was just obsessed with, like, all the stuff that went behind the scenes. Like, you know, uh, just kind of the legislation that was passed to make that happen. Because mm -hmm. it's just funny, like, certain things like that where you find out, like, okay, the government guarantees mortgages. Yeah. So then, or in this time period, not anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> they give mortgages to anyone because they're guaranteed. Yeah. People stop paying them. And then the government comes in and bails them out. And it's just like this consistent cycle of yeah. government makes a boo-boo. Then they're like, here's a Band-Aid. Yeah. You know, and it's just... But the movie was great. You had Steve Carell, who played a... Was, he's hilarious. It's every role. I love Steve yeah. Carell. I just think it's Michael Scott. And he played... He pl Yeah, he played... Normally, he plays like a comedic actor. But there are some movies where he plays... He's not... He's funny in his mannerisms but more based, serious based on the character but it's a serious character yeah. um ryan gosling had the he was the best in the movie mm -hmm. he's just this banker for uh deutsche bank um and he deutsche coin no 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 you know deutsche bank <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um he's uh he's like a a trader or uh, something that he works there he stumbles upon this you know cuz it all started by this guy and he's from uh, California. Mm. He he's the one who kind of sees this before it all happens. His name's Michael Burry. Mm. He used to be like a surgeon, and mm. then he got into finance. So you know he's obviously well versed on the spectrum. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's he finds all he basically sees these because what the banks were doing was they were taking the uh, the mortgages, putting them in a bond, and then would sell them. 
So nobody was looking at what was in the bonds, right? Yeah. So he finally took one because he's he's looking at housing prices were going up, but median income was staying the same. Yeah. So that means more of the house is going to be debt, right? Mm. So he kind of looks in and he starts going through all these bonds and it's like FICO credit score is like 500, 550, 500, late payment 90 days, 30. He's going through like just thousands of mortgages. Yeah. And then he he kind of figures it out first, finds out how to short it, which is kind of bet against it. And yeah. uh, um, then Ryan Gosling's character finds out that he's going around New York trying to short these bonds and then he gets into it and then he pulls Steve Carell and uh, a couple other uh, characters mm -hmm. um, into it and they go to Miami. It's just, it's a really good movie and a great breakdown of how that all transpired. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being a finance and economics nerd, I just, that's a movie I watch like two, three times a year. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just... If I'm bored or whatever, I'll throw it on. It's one yeah. of the few movies I've actually purchased on Amazon. Mm. And Ryan Gosling has like has the best the best line. He says, says, Tell me the difference between stupid and illegal, and I'll have my wife's brother arrested right now. <laughs> and it was dude, it took a while for me to get it, but as he said it, I was just it was fucking hilarious. Yeah. And um the best scene is probably when Ryan Gosling he he purchase the short on the bonds but then his his higher ups at at the bank are trying to tell him he needs to get the get it off his book cuz it's losing money cuz the bonds are still going up yeah. at this point so he's trying to pitch it to someone else so that way he can still keep the trade but still make money on the trade but keep it off his books mm -hmm. so he does like these presentations and everyone's telling him to fuck off and then he does mm -hmm. the presentation to Steve Carell's character and his uh group his group and uh Dude, you just—it's probably one of the best scenes I've ever seen. And he does this whole presentation, and it's just hilarious. And mm -hmm. he has like this assistant guy that he's just—he just shits on the whole movie. And it's, yeah, it's—it's it's the right. It's just a good mixture of educational information, humor, great acting, just all together. Yeah, big, and big package. Yeah, he also the guy who directed that did the Vice movie. Okay. With uh who has one of my favorite actors, Sam Rockwell. Mm. He played George Bush. And then um, who – what's the guy's name who played Batman? Why can't I Christian think? Bale? Christian Bale, yeah. He played Dick Cheney. And okay. it's kind of the same style. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, all, it's not as good as the big short, but I like he, – what he'll do is kind of like what Deadpool – they do in Deadpool where – the, the character will have his own monologue while the whole time is frozen. Oh, okay. Kinda. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so it's 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 a different kind of style, and I, I really liked the concept, the fact that it was educational, and then it's just this new... De I think Deadpool came out after, so it was kind of like this new concept I'd seen where the character is talking outside of what's actually going on. Yeah. So, yeah, just all in all, just... A great movie. I, I love Steve Carell and and Ryan Gosling. Um, who else? That's pretty. Those are the two two big. Oh, the um. There's also a lady in there that I really like. Uh, trying to think what other movie she's been in. Melissa Tomei. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she plays Steve Carell's wife. I love her. She's awesome. Mm. She's a good actress. Um, that's pretty much it for that one. That was that's one that I, Big Short and Sicario, I watch 
multiple times per year. Mm. Like they're just phenomenal mm-hmm. movies. All right. Well, number two for me. I, I mean, I do have a movie, but honestly, almost any movie by this actor could uh, take the place of number two. I love Jason Statham as an actor overall. Again, um, I swear not all the movies that I love are somewhat corny and cheesy, but I feel mm-hmm. like it's just, I, it's a dynamic that I like where you just kind of go buck wild. Yeah. Uh, number two is Crank with Jason Statham. Yeah. Oh, my God. that's And I'm not talking about the second one because the second one, like, I went a little too far with that. But I feel like in a perfect world where that second one didn't exist, it was, uh, in my opinion, a fairly interesting plot. Um, a likable main character. Uh, in a weird way, I guess. And the ending itself, obviously, if you haven't seen Crank, what the fuck? It's like 2006, but still, uh, it is... What's the word I'm looking for? It's kind of open-ended mm-hmm. without saying the ending for those very few people who don't know what movie that is. It's very open-ended where it could go one way and it sparks conversation. And I like when a movie does that, whether, again, you think the movie is cheesy or not, very unrealistic, it's a fucking movie. Whatever, yeah. man. I'm here to enjoy it. It's original concept. Yeah, like. it's essentially the main character. I don't know if he... He always plays some sort of hitman or something. That's like yeah. him him and Liam Neeson. I love them both, but they, they play the same like, yeah. I'm a badass. One's British, one isn't. One's British, one's Irish. Yeah. <laughs> it's essentially the same role, which whatever. I guess I eat this one shit One doesn't up. say no to movies. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Dude, Jason Statham is just in like... They just give him scripts, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll do it." You want to read the script, Jason? And he's like, "No, no." <laughs> that that one, the the Meg, the, the Meg. Oh my gosh, that's the one movie. I mean, I haven't seen every movie, but of the big, I'm air quoting now, movies that he has, I haven't seen that one. But I know you've told me it's a fucking ride. It is. It's again. It's kind of like a, on the same lines as Crank, and like halfway through the movie, <laughs> I'm I'm like, I guarantee you, this. This ends with him killing the shark with his bare hands, right? Uh, oh, do you want me? I can't spoil it's, it. Or? Uh, whatever. I doubt again. Okay. Maybe for some on the list, maybe don't spoil the exact ending, but it's the fucking back. I don't. I yeah. Don't, yeah. So I was right. At the end of the movie, <laughs> he gets on a jet ski and he kills the shark himself. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's fuck, that's fucking Jason Statham for you, I guess. I yeah. don't, you know, the shark, the, you know, what movie really scared me was Lake Placid. But, like, with the shark movies, it's like, just get the fuck out of the water. Yeah. And, and, Leave it and, alone. Unless it's Sharknado. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. if it's Sharknado, movie. you're fucked. What the but. fuck? Yeah, that's, don't even get into those. Yeah, but, but um, yeah, no, Crank is very, it's very aware. Um, I feel like, again, just, there is a specific scene I was telling you earlier. Uh, Jason Statham walks, I, I, again, it's been, it's, I've seen it recently, but not recently enough to remember exactly when he says it, but just... The shit that comes out of his mouth <clears throat> and the editing, which the the editing portion will come later down the list, very similar to another pick that I have. He's talking to someone and is talking to him like he's an idiot. And he's like, what does it look like? I have the word cunt stamped on my forehead. And it's just like a digital sign, like cunt on his forehead, just like <laughs> stupid shit like that. I, I, it's uh, very, um, I don't know what the term, like the terminology is for it, but I guess visual comedy. Yeah. It's, I don't know, I eat that shit up. It's very, very, I mean, the entire, honestly, the movie is like a fucking fever dream. I mean, he has some Chinese poison that's going towards his heart and he has to keep his heart racing, which when you think about it kind of doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Because the more your blood 
circulates, it's going to go through the heart eventually. So that kind of doesn't make any sense. But whatever. I it's again, it's a movie. Yeah. Um, race against time. Just keep yourself awake. Keep yourself crazy. Essentially, keep your heart going. I mean, there's a fucking scene where he breaks out of the hospital and he like uses. There's oh my god, there's a fucking scene. He's he's either walking out or into the hospital. And he's trying to get epinephrine to get his uh, his heart rate going up. And the uh, fucking doctors bring someone in on a stretcher from an ambulance. And he's like half asleep, like, what's going on? And he like sm- smacks the guy in the face to get away because he's trying to reach out for him because yeah. he's half unconscious. And he's just stealing fucking epinephrine <laughs> and just like points a gun at the fucking nurse. He's like, I, you're going to give me what I need or I'm going to shoot you. Like, this is a fucking hospital. <laughs> he's like, exactly. We're in a hospital. You'll be fine. Give me what I need or I'm going to fucking yeah. shoot you. <clears throat> but um, yeah, very, again, it's like a fever dream. It's very out there, but. I don't know. I guess I like movies like that. It's very over the top, very dramatic. Yeah. Even there's like, um, I'm not talking about the uh, the Chinatown scene with the girlfriend, but oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, even like towards the end, I think they're on like the rooftop, and he's just making. Uh, he's doing like finger guns, and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? And then bullets start raining from the sky. I don't know. I I eat that shit up. I love it. But um, again, honestly. The, the mechanic, almost, very similar in concept, less over the top, but, <clears throat> excuse me, just Jason Statham in general, I love him as an actor. Yeah, but no, The Transporter. The Transporter as well, yeah. Yeah, those movies were, were pretty good. But, the, um, uh, was it the first one or the second one where the kid gets kidnapped? Or I think it's the second one. Yeah, the second Cause one. Because he's in the hospital, too, another hospital scene with a girl with, like, a runny makeup. And like the fucking destroyed blonde hair. There's like a shootout in the. Yeah, pot. I think yeah. that's it. Yeah, the first one was he had the he was transporting the lady in the trunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot what was the third one. Did they make a third one? There is three. It's it's been a while, but those are kind of like some of his breakout movies. That and um, Revolver, which I believe is um a Guy Ritchie movie. Revolver. I think I've heard of it. It's weird because he has hair in that movie, like long hair. Yeah. Like down to his shoulders, long hair. I don't think I've ever seen Jason Statham with like a, anything other than a buzz cut. There was one, I, I think it was him, where he goes, he's in New Orleans. He was an undercover agent for a biker gang. Has James Franco. Oh, um, home, home Front? Home Yeah, bound? something like that. Yeah, James, that's a really that's good one a really too. Good yeah. too yeah. James Franco, which is always funny. It's like it's a fucking British dude. What are you doing in New, uh, New Orleans? Yeah. But no, that was a good movie Yeah, too. he doesn't do accents either. That's what I noticed. Yeah, yeah. Like he just, he does his British accent. He's like, no, nah, that's I never just movie. me. He's like, I, no, I, I am, I'm playing Jason Statham in this yeah. movie. I don't care what role you give me. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm playing Jason Statham. What's your name? Jace, just put Jason, Jason. as a name. Like, My name's Jason. <laughs> I'm from Louisiana. No, from Louisiana. you're not. But no, that was a good one too. Yeah, that's like a Charlie Hunnam. He Sons of Anarchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah, he yeah. has an accent, but he he does some sometimes when he's screaming in the show, he you he uses his accent. But, yeah, uh, yeah, he does he does a pretty good uh, American accent, I guess you would call it. That's something that kind of fucks with me. Is like um, <clears throat> we were talking about. I forgot what we were talking about earlier, but actors like Spider Man, Tom Holland, or yeah. Hugh Jackman. I didn't know Hugh Jackman was Australian. Yeah. Like halfway through, because I watched the movie Logan. That's the last, you know, his last role of Wolverine, which phenomenal movie. I've always known him having like an American accent. I heard him like, this is this a joke? Who the fuck is this guy? Or like yeah. Tom Holland's British. Yeah. Which, I don't know, a little side tangent. But yeah, some actors, they're, I mean, I guess 
it's not only voice acting, but in a way they're acting and they're kind of voice acting, which yeah. is kind of an interesting concept. Well, you look at like how how buff Hugh Jackman gets, it's probably like that's getting the accent down is probably the easiest part Whoa, of him yeah. doing Wolverine. That's yeah, that's true. But it, it it's kind of I never really thought about it that way. That's you have to be a very good actor. I mean, a to portray the role, but to make sure not only that you're doing a, a good accent, something and you know obviously that's not your own, but to keep the emotions, especially if it's like Logan was a very emotional movie, mm-hmm. not getting on too much of a tangent, but like to, to keep his own. I mean, he's just he's just talking like this the entire time, but still, it's interesting concept. Yeah. But yeah, number two, Crank. I fucking love it. Over Jason the top. Statham. Jason Statham in general. My, just, be- my favorite scene is in <clears throat> Transporter where uh-huh. he has the fire hose. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was, dude, that's one of the most <clears throat> fire fucking uh, fighting scenes I've ever seen. Yeah. Like he's just throwing the hose around mm-hmm. and. Dude, he's he's probably a top five action movie uh, actor. Actor, yeah. There's uh, <laughs> Keanu Reeves. Oh yeah, Matrix, and then the he's John Wick. John Wick, he's killing it. Yeah, whenever yeah. they're making, I think the fourth one is next April, I believe. Next April. Oh, they're making a fourth one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, they're making a. I mean, if yeah, he has so many puppies to kill, dude. <laughs> he's, yeah, well, you know that guy, that poor guy, man, he can't yeah. catch a break. <clears throat> his wife, his dog, and he has another one, but um. Yeah, no, that's a very good movie. The um, Back to Crank, there's another scene where I think the epinephrine's wearing off and he's in the taxi and like the achy, breaky heart is playing and he's like fucking head bumping <laughs> and like hitting the fucking driver. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's, I don't know, it's, it's very... It's a good song. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, there <laughs> you go. It's a, good, it's a banger. I'm also trying to stay alive right now. I have Chinese poison going through my veins, but it's a good song. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, number two, Crank, Jason Statham in general, but Crank. Yeah, no, Jason Statham's a great action film actor. Uh, My number three, another action movie, The Town. Mm -hmm. Dude, bank robbing movies are so good. Mm -hmm. I just, like... Like heists? Yeah, it's just like a a five-minute scene, and it's just, there's so much tension, because it's just, you kind of feel the anxiety that they have because it's like you get caught you're doing life yeah like you're going you're away forever from that, yeah. like one of my favorite things to do on YouTube is watch murder interrogations mm-hmm. and like I but I, I make sure I know that the person did it because I sometimes I've watched them and it's like they didn't do it or the cops lead them onto mm-hmm. a false you know try confession. to get them to admit to something they didn't that do that shit yeah. is so annoying like you know just do your job find out who actually did it like you're just trying to pin it on you're being lazy yeah, yeah. But yeah, I like murder interrogations. There's this one that I've been watching. It actually happened in uh, Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. It's Lee Rodarte. He's like this. Uh, he was his head chef at a at a uh, bonefish, mm-hmm. and he like strangled a girl in the oh, parking shit. lot in front of the bonefish. Oh shit! And like the interrogations, like nine hours long. I've watched it completion. Yeah, nine hours, and it's just <clears throat> the the. I like. I like this the psychological part of of how the cops kind of they give you an out where they kind of go like, okay, you know maybe something happened maybe things got out of control and so that way the the suspect is kind of like, okay yeah I can pin understand. this as like self defense or something you it's know like now you're, you're fucked and then yeah then they give yeah. fucking life yeah <laughs> but um yeah that that's one of the, that's why I like the town because it's just like the the bank robbing scenes are so good. Mm. Ben Affleck, great actor, but Jeremy Renner, his character, he did the Boston accent so well uh-huh. that you know he 
he looked the part. Ben Affleck, the, the, the weird thing too is like Ben Affleck and Casey Affleck, they grew up in California, but they seem to do a lot of Boston movies. Yeah. They did the the one, the How You Like Them Apples. Also, the I think The Accountant also took place on the West Coast. East Coast, I'm sorry. Yeah, the I don't remember. That was Ben Affleck. He had an too. accent. Yeah, but still, like just that. Yeah, that area. The uh, then they had Casey Affleck was the uh, Gone Baby Gone. Yeah, that was a good movie. Oh yeah, but again, it's like you know what's this? What's the obsession with Boston? Yeah, like, I mean it is it is kind of a I do like the Boston accent and mm-hmm. it is kind of like a you know where it takes place. It's like. It's like a hood, but with like white people. So it is kind of interesting to see like, yeah, like gangster white people, like (laughs) just with weird accents, like just going out with guns and shit. Like, but uh, yeah, the the action scenes in it are are very intense. Mm. And, you know, there's kind of like a love story that goes along with it, um, with the, uh, with Ben Affleck's character and the bank manager that they robbed because they're like, they took her as a hostage, so he goes and tracks her, and she's she's pretty good looking. So he starts kind of dating her, mm-hmm. and then uh, the final scene was them doing like the biggest heist ever. They were gonna uh, rob the Red Sox stadium because after Cause like, Boston, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, yeah, because Boston, yeah. Uh, so. Cause like after like a three game stretch, they were playing the Yankees, so it's like a three game stretch. There was like supposed to be like five million in cash from like vending, you know, Tickets all that and shit. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so they take that down. It's the final scene. One of the Jeremy Renner's sister kind of rats them out, mm. so they're prepared. And then there's this huge gunfight, and you know everyone pretty much dies except Ben Affleck kind of escapes, and it's. There's a lot of humor in it too. Jeremy Renner's character is pretty funny. It's just, it's not even like trying to be funny. It's just that hard, like Boston, like don't give a fuck sar- attitude. Sar- sarcasm. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like what the- Crank Two is just like, I don't give a fuck. It's, yeah, know, I'm, I'm here to do what I'm here to do. Yeah, like it. Really good movie. Just all concepts. Like it's just the there's comedy. You had kind of the romance aspect. Yeah. You know they have really good characters. And there's also a, the one of the best scenes is uh, the so as Ben Affleck is dating this the girl from the bank she just moved in from like a nice area because uh-huh. she lives in like a bad area of Boston now yeah yeah and she was saying like oh on my way home there are these guys that uh that kind of harass me or whatever and uh, he goes what do they look like and then he knows who they are mm. so he goes to Jeremy Renner character he goes. I need uh, I need you to come with me. We're gonna go hurt some people. You can't ask me about it. <laughs> yeah. And we can't ever talk about it again because he doesn't want Jeremy Renner's character to know that he's dating the yeah manager. yeah. And then and then Jeremy Renner just looks at him and goes, "Whose car are we taking?" <laughs> like and then he just You're, goes I'm, and they I'm on board. Yeah. yeah. Then they yeah just like just down for whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah. Let's go beat up some guys and they go to the guy's house and beat the fuck out of him. <laughs> just a a really good movie. Um, I, apparently, I don't know if it was true, but the, the beginning, it said like Charlestown, which is this, I guess a town in Boston. I don't know how they, like mm. a county. Yeah, yeah. I guess it has like the most, uh, 
bank robberies per capita or something. Oh, shit. Okay. So it's like a thing down there. Like it's like they basically said it's like a trade. Culturally appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Like it's passed down. Like Ben Affleck's dad did the same. He was doing life in prison. For Criminal from generation guard. to generation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want to be an electrician? No. Can you teach me how to rob banks? Yes. There's actually a union. Yeah. You want to join? Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Involves a lot of jail time, yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> Dude, what if they did? They had like a union class where like they had these bank safes and just everyone has their own safe and they're like cracking in. There's some instructor like, no, no, in a Boston accent. You got to turn it right. You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> I don't even know how to do a Boston accent. My mother's rolling in a grave right now seeing yeah. this shit. I don't Jesus. Know yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Are you making love to the thing? Get the money out. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I actually haven't seen that one, so that'll be interesting to watch. Dude, another one where just like with Sicario where the action scenes, if you think like if you take both or like Sicario and and the town, mm -hmm. the action scenes in aggregate are probably 20 minutes of the whole movie. Yeah. But they're so good yeah. that it feels like the like I I was watching uh the town uh, or when I was watching the town one time, like I think the bank the bank robbery scene was like 10 minutes mm. and it's like that's like it's so good that that's like the majority of the movie that i remember or like mm. when i think about it, it was just those scenes where it, and then like the the whole getaway scene where mm -hmm. the cops are onto him and they got this guy who, who's pretty good at driving and it's just it's so realistic too like that's what i like about uh the movie it's like not over the top like you know like um, kind of like it's, I like it's realistic. Yeah, almost. I like John Wick, mm. but it is it's a little unrealistic. <laughs> I need guns, Dude. lots of guns. When he fucking bothers, he like oh, watching him hold a gun. I love those movies. Watching yeah. him hold a gun is fucking yeah, hysterical. Yeah, he holds it sideways. And, he, well, yeah, he has like he's yeah. fucking chicken winging both but he's arms. Do, he's doing the moves slow too. Like oh, that's yeah. the thing. Like the 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 Jason Bourne movies. Like he Matt Damon's doing those moves real quick. Yeah, and it's like okay, I see how he not. Some of the movies I'm like John Wick, they're like they're like twenty times John Wick could have got got. To be fair, each movie. To be fair, with like the other main series, like main trilogy, I guess at this point that he's known for, The Matrix, half the movies in slow motion. Yeah, he's just moving backwards, so he's probably, hey, whatever. It's better than Steven Seagal. Yeah, so yeah. he's just in a time. He didn't have to. He didn't have to work on the speed of his moves because of The Matrix. So exactly, like John Wick. He, he's John Wick. Just the aura about him. It already scared everyone, so he doesn't have to move very fast. Yeah. He's the Baba Yaga, okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's it's kind of like with Sicario. It's not, <clears throat> it's, it's not like Benicio Del Toro, who's such a badass, that he's taking out the whole cartel by himself. Like, that's unreal. It's the whole CIA, so it makes sense. Yeah. The town, it's like four guys, both. They're not, like, kicking ass or, like, you know, they're just, they're using guns. They're being smart, and it's, like, it's just more realistic. Yeah. Like, I think that's what I like about it. Not the, you know, I, I like the over-the-top stuff with, like, Crank you're talking about. Yeah. As long as it's, like, humorous. Well, yeah, as long not, as it's still enjoyable to watch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jason Statham starts fucking walking on water like Jesus. He kind of has yeah, a problem. Yeah. yeah. There's, well, a like the, There's a the, limit to it. The Meg, when he <clears throat> kills the shark, I was just like, oh, uh, you got to be shitting It's me, like, yeah, I'm pretty sure he did the same thing in the first Sharknado. He just has a chainsaw and he's jumping over. I'm like, oh, okay. I, I think I've had enough. Yeah. Uh so, yeah, it's like, uh, the, the, how are we going to kill this shark? How about Jason Statham, a jet ski, 
does it. Yeah, that's it. So the whole movie. So two hours, you're, the shark is just terrorizing you guys. And this is a megalodon too. So this thing's like over 200 feet. Yeah. Yeah. This shark is just destroying you guys to the point where, you know, you got to do something about it. And you're going to take it out with just, you know, a guy on a jet ski. Yeah. It's yeah. insane. <laughs> but they're obvious. Obviously, it was meant to be humorous. Yeah. You know, it's not meant to be like a serious action movie. Yeah. You know, so that's what I like about the town is like it seems it seems realistic. Like it seems like they actually got real bank robbers. Yeah, kinda, yeah, yeah. You know, same thing with Sicario. I'm sure they got like some CIA guys to say, how do you guys operate or how would you, or military as guys. As much knowledge as they could have gotten to make yeah. it. Yeah. No, fair enough. Yeah. That's the same thing with like Sons of Anarchy. Like mm. they got guys that were in the Hells Angels to kind of tell them. How to, what to, to do. To make it realistic. Yeah. So yeah. like if you put a bunch of, a bunch of riders in a room, like make this motorcycle gang. It, they wouldn't know any of the rules and it would just be ridiculous. Lots of jackets, boots, Holly <laughs> Davidsons. Let's go. Maybe a mullet or two. <laughs> Shit. There's going to be a scene where there's a bunch of bikes outside and someone's going to, whoa, trip yeah. and knock. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. They no, would be like it. popping wheelies, <clears throat> doing drive-bys, like doing donuts and exactly. it would be ridiculous. Yeah. But it's more realistic because they got actual <clears throat> biker gang, you know, members to, to kind of, Coach almost kind of coach them or give them a parameter of how to write, you know, like this is too much, this isn't how we would handle it, yeah, you know, do it this way, make things more make realistic, them, yeah. Which is Sons of Anarchy, we'll probably do like top five, top five shows. series, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah series, series yeah, yeah. shows, yeah, um, yeah, but that the town is another thriller, <clears throat> edge of your like, I still, even when I watch it now, like, I still get excited or anxious at those scenes because mm. they're just they're so realistic um yeah what's <clears throat> that was your number three yep my number three <clears throat> thanks uh, we're time. gonna take a break get an ad from our sponsors sure yeah let's uh let's take a break while i learn how to breathe again and yeah let's, uh, yeah that's important yeah well you know let's get uh, an ad from our sponsors all right we'll be right back this episode of the nuke party podcast is sponsored by front for stickers do you have a mighty need to express your ignorant and highly offensive opinions to the world in front of you, but don't want to deal with the hassle of being judged? Did your president not win a second election, but you'd like to pretend he did? Well, boy, do I have the product for you. I'm happy to introduce Frumper Stickers, the bumper sticker made for your front bumper. No longer do you have to hide your opinions on the world's most debated problems from everyone around you. Because remember, if they're reading your stickers, it's way too late. Please visit frumperstickers.com forward slash new party podcast and use the coupon code NNP for 65% off your first order of $4.20 or more. Thank you, Frumper Stickers, for sponsoring this podcast. Now back to the episode. And we're back. I remembered how to breathe again. <laughs> for now, at least. We had to read a manual, though. Yeah, you know. Um, all right, so when we left off, you said you're number three, yeah. correct? So then number three for me. Uh, again, this actor has uh, many movies. I'm a big fan of this actor in general. Unleashed. Uh, Unleashed is starring Jet Li and um, Morgan Freeman. Mm-hmm. So, Which actor, you said, has the movies you like? Morgan Freeman or I Jet mean, Li? both technically, but Jet Li specifically. Yeah, you like the kung fu movies. And- oh, yeah. Oh, I almost put Ip Man on the list, which is Donnie Yen. is another martial artist, like uh, action actor that I love a lot. But I feel like, Martial arts movies in general. I mean, I love them. It's a it's a nice you know, um, 
What's the word I'm looking for? Very uh, nostalgic, especially like It Man and some of the older ones. But um, um, this one specifically, I, I felt emotions in this movie that I feel like people usually wouldn't when watching like a martial art. I mean, it is, it's a martial arts movie, but I feel like maybe it's only a martial arts movie because uh, Jet Li is starring in it. Yeah. It's more so like an action drama. Um, have you seen Unleashed? Yeah. It's, yeah. I, That's where they like train him to be like a killer. He, yeah. And I he mean, he does like street fights or whatever. He, yeah. I mean, he, I mean, you learn. That's another one. I don't want to spoil too much just to, you know, watch the movie. It's very, very good if you haven't. Again, this is probably like 2007, 2006, yeah. something like that. So it's an older movie, but still, I feel like that's out of everything that I have in this list. I feel like this is probably the most serious, not necessarily realistic, but high stakes movie that I have on the list. Um, Jet Li essentially plays a, I would say an orphan. I Not really. I mean, he knew his mother, but his parents are dead. He was yeah. separated from his mother at a very young age. Um, without spoiling too much, obviously, his mother was in the wrong crowd. And you see him now as an adult, really not even knowing how to read, how to write, really being closed off to most of the world, just being used as a tool for money, essentially, as yeah. uh, I believe it takes place in Britain. Or at least the mafia guy that's essentially he's saying that it's his uncle, the guy that has essentially enslaved him, mm-hmm. treats him like family, but will also he gently he lives in a fucking cage under the floor, essentially. Yeah. It's like he eats like, hey, you want some food? They treat him like a dog. They say he's a dog. I mean, he has a fucking collar for God's sake in the yeah. movie. It's like he has the collar on, they go, they go to collect money. Well, if you're not gonna pay us, we're gonna Danny's his name in the movie, uh Jet Li. We're going to sick Danny on you, take the collar off, get him, which several times they do that for the movie gives me the fucking chills because then like the fucking Firestarter or other songs by Prodigy, that's like that kind of timestamps the movie. Yeah. It's like mid to early to mid 2000s when just Prodigy, you know Prodigy, right? That's yeah, song. from Mob Deep. Yeah, like just uh, all the Prodigy songs are just playing in the background and like crazy ass martial arts moves. Oh uh, shit, I got to rewatch it. I don't remember. But, um, well, that's just in general, like, I'd say, like, early to mid-2000s. Um, but essentially, yeah, he's used as a tool, a dog, essentially, for they collect money. I forget. Again, it's been a while since I've watched it, but if it's, like, they place bets. Regardless, he's... Remember tra- the throat punch? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, they're like, uh, yeah, next time you got to make it more entertaining. Yeah, exactly. That was, that he's, was pretty funny. He's a trained weapon, essentially. But, yeah, I mean... Due to certain, he's used for underground fights, yeah, because he's a killing machine essentially to make money. And he doesn't have really a personality. He doesn't have likes. I mean, he 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 says like at the very beginning, like, "You want us a fuck ton of money? What can I get for you?" He's like, "I want a piano." He's like, "You're not gonna get a piano. I can get you women. I can get you drugs. I can get you a nice lobster dinner." But I'm not like you. I don't know. It's it's very interesting. Um, situation that he's in again like he's essentially his captor uh again without spoiling too much but at the same time he tries to treat him like family uh due to certain circumstances danny is separated from his air quote shitbag drug dealer uncle um and that's when he runs into morgan freeman uh i believe it's the yeah he's a morgan freeman plays a blind piano tuner and i think they walk past the piano warehouse I believe, and Morgan Freeman's there tuning him, and he's essentially there to collect money, and they train him uh, gently in the movie, like, uh, when I click this button, this light will go off, you walk down the stairs, we need you to kick ass, and 
he meets Morgan Freeman and he already loves the piano. So even though he doesn't trust people, there's that connection. They both have a fondness for music, which you learn later in the movie. I mean, uh, Jet Li has a reason. Like, uh, it's very nostalgic for his mother. His mother played piano yeah, professionally. Yeah. And Morgan Freeman happens to know what the mu- like the music that uh, his mother played and they bond over tuning the piano together. And with I, don't know, I feel like it's kind of beautiful in a way. Morgan Freeman can't see, mm. but just by the way, like he can tell that somebody was there and yeah. that they're not violent by heart. They're not necessarily a bad person. They're just being used. He essentially brings them over. You know, he realizes how like dirty and rugged his hands are. He's like, you know, loosen up. And he's able to, he teaches them how to play the piano. And he essentially, due to a specific situation, I won't spoil, is separated permanently from the group and is taken in by Morgan Freeman and uses his experience as a little boy. I mean, essentially, Jet Li has the mind of a boy because he was never raised as an adult. He has from a young age, he's like, well, you're a killing machine. We're going to treat you as a weapon. You're not a person. You're a dog. And it's, I don't know, it's very heartwarming. It's very serious kind of sad movie, I guess, that uh, he's able to learn what it's like to have a real family, surrogate or not, and what it's like to be a person and to have desires and to learn, essentially. Uh, eventually throughout the movie learning exactly what happened to his mother and who did it. Uh, You know, Morgan Freeman and his uh, stepdaughter at that point play more of an important role in his life. But it's a very, there's a duality of his life. He was a very innocent child. He was taken away from his mother at a very young age. He's raised to be a killing machine and then he's able to have an escape. He doesn't enjoy it. That's just all that he knows. And there comes a point where he has a taste of that freedom and he wants to keep that freedom and he loves Morgan Freeman and he loves his kind of in a weird way surrogate stepsister but also kind of a romantic thing going mm-hmm. on but whatever. There's no blood relations. <laughs> um, and they're like a happy family essentially. Yeah. And it comes to a point where he's with Morgan Freeman, he's with his family and he has to defend his family from his uncle. And it's very interesting. Very, I, I feel like I've seen... Again, Jet Li plays, I mean, it's a fucking martial arts movie. I know he plays very similar roles, but I feel like of that genre, it's a very rare and unique take. Yeah. Like, it's not just fucking, you know, 1800s China, we're going to defend our honor. It's not just, you know, drugs, tits, money, which, of course, is in the movie, too, because it's an action movie. But it's it's a beautiful blend of the two. Yeah. And I feel like they, I forget the director's name, but they did a very good job. And I mean, it's Morgan Freeman. You like, uh, you like Jet Li over Jackie Chan? Ooh. That's a tough question. Um, Dude, the Shanghai Noon. Yeah. Those are so good. And, and then Rush Hour. Oh, honestly, like, we're, I'll, I'll have an honorable mentions later on in this episode because, again, this is a very hard episode to yeah. make just to whittle down to five, but. Yeah, like I love uh, Jackie Chan and the Rush Hour movies. I mean, He's more of like a comedic uh, action yeah. star and then Jet Li is more serious. More serious, more, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's number three. I mean, again, from a... I've... There aren't many movies that I've teared up. When the, at some point later on in the movie we get a flashback, Danny remembers what happened the night that he was separated from his mother and it's triggered through a picture 
that they they essentially try to track his mother down. The mother's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're able to find pictures of Danny with his mother and the music that he was she was playing. And Morgan Freeman is very familiar with the song, was able to use a magnifying glass, find the sheet music and play it, and it just something clicks. And he remembers everything that happened that night. Wait, he used a magnifying glass? He used like a magnifying glass to look in the picture to find the title of the sheet music that his oh, mom was playing. Yeah, okay. so well, I was like, not he's Morgan, blind. not he's blind, not him. The the stepdaughter was there to help. Oh, yeah, he's okay, blind, okay. obviously. But yeah. she he either he knew once they learned the title, either he knew the song by heart or they were I'm pretty sure he knew the song because he's been playing uh, to my knowledge, he used to play professionally. Yeah. Um and I would just tunes pianos essentially. Um, the daughter plays professionally, and I think, yeah, it winds up being her that actually, since she has eyes that work. Uh, that would be funny if he was using the magnifying glass. Like, I, like I still can't see it. I, but. But. <laughs> yes. I don't, yeah, there's there's Braille. You have to yeah. magnify. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But, just um, sitting there like, oh, it's, it's not getting any clearer. Yeah. It's like I still see darkness. But I think I have an idea. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I've, I don't know. I've, I... I don't think I've teared up watching many movies, but the the flashback scene and just the the emotion on his face, I don't know, it's it's very made me feel things I didn't think I'd feel in an action movie like that. So yeah. it's very, very good movie. Yeah. No, I remember that uh yeah, I remember the two scenes, the fight scene where he punches his throat. <laughs> it's fucking one shot someone that's and it. then they're at the grocery store and there's like a gunshot or whatever and, he and just, he's just something the melon like yeah. this is ripe that's like even that's another thing i say around the house it's like a joke like it's ripe it's ripe fruit speak to you like yeah okay <laughs> but um, well you're treated like a dog it's yeah like, you know these what fruits a, are my friend yeah these fruits are my friend but yeah he i don't know it's beautiful in a way he relates the collar that Danny has that he's afraid to take off because whenever he takes off, it means he has to hurt people too. When Morgan Freeman was a boy, excuse me, he had a cowboy hat that he would do everything in. And mm-hmm. it was hard to separate himself from that because there were so many memories, good or bad, that he shared with that cowboy hat that Danny can correlate with the collar that was used. It's like, mm-hmm. you don't have to do what they say. You don't have to fight. You don't have to kill. You're your own person. You don't have to eat pedigree. You don't have to, yeah, or a fucking, yeah, dog food or a fucking a can of beans they throw. Oh, my God. It's, God, and the uncle's such a piece of shit, too. There's a scene where he's, like, uh, he's drinking and, like, about to have sex with this chick on this car. And literally, Danny is living on the fucking floor below them, and she happens to see that there's some fucking Chinese dude. Whatever, not trying to racially appropriate. Dude, Asian, right. yeah, canceled. It only took two episodes. Yeah. Not even. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, why the fuck is he in the floor? I don't think he wants to be there. And the uncle's a piece of shit and like threatens to kill him. Like maybe you should consider your actions more. I understand he's supposed to be a piece of shit. And rest yeah. in peace. I know the actor that plays the uncle. I believe he's also in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. He was the main cop, like the actual person. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I saw that one. But yeah, whatever. Uh, but he's passed away. But anyways, go on a tangent forever. That's number three. Very good movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's number three. That's a good That's a good choice. Uh, my number four is Moneyball. Okay. Starring Brad Pitt. Also has Jonah Hill. Oh, yeah. Um, Chris Pratt's in it. He plays one of the uh, baseball players. He's mm-hmm. he's one of the funniest actors. Uh, uh, what's that? Not Arrested Development. Parks and Recreations. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, you ever see the outtake of the Kim K joke? I don't think so. 
oh my gosh. He goes, so he, you know how he plays kind of like the dumb, goofy guy? Mm -hmm. So he goes, uh, um, Rashida Jones, they're doing like a meeting. And she goes, everyone loves a good comeback. Rudy, um, and then they named a couple more. Yeah. And then Chris Pratt's character goes, Kim Kardashian? And he goes, <laughs> well, uh, and he's like, well, in the film, she gets come in her back. Yeah, I did see that <laughs> yeah. one, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Dude, oh that God. was, and they they didn't put it in, <laughs> but he, I, I was reading something where, like, later he he ran into Kim Kardashian and he felt awkward because he said that. But uh, To be fair, that's yeah, a good I mean, joke. he wasn't wrong. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> a good joke. That's, yeah. Um, but, yeah, he plays... Uh, Moneyball, basically the backstory is the Oakland A's, mm. which is if I had to choose, I don't really like baseball that much, but if I had to choose a team, it would be the A's because, you know, it's Oakland Raiders. Well, they're the Las Vegas now. So yeah, yeah. Golden State Warriors, which is just the Bay Area. But um, the A's in baseball, baseball is different from all the other sports because you can, well, in America, foot, or yeah, soccer, different. soccer is different. Over, over football overseas, they have kind of the same thing where each team can spend as much money as they want on players, mm. right? Where in the NFL, each team gets two hundred million. Oh, or it's two hundred thirty million. They, I think they increased it. So I didn't know that. Yeah, the yeah. NFL gets all the money from you know ads and everything. Mm. Then they distribute it and they tell each team how much they can spend on players. Kind of evens it out. Yeah, right? you can't have a bunch you can't of all stars. Monopolize. Yeah. Basketball has the same thing. Um, I don't know American soccer. I don't care about Whatever. salary caps. Uh, but <laughs> baseball, you have the Yankees. They spend probably half a bill, half a billion a year. I think is how much they spend on players. Mm -hmm. And then in the A's have like sixty million. So yeah. you have all these different ball clubs that. You know, the East Coast teams make the most money, so the Red Sox have a high payroll. The the Yankees have a huge payroll. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure, like, Texas, some of the teams were. But baseball is real popular on the, the East Coast. Yeah. The Dodgers is a huge team. They have a huge mm -hmm. payroll. So the that's kind of the backstory where the A's were more of a cheap team. Mm -hmm. They were on the lower end of the spectrum in terms of the owner was real cheap, didn't want to... They had they had a really good year where they went to the playoffs and they couldn't afford to keep their star players. Mm -hmm. They the the Red Sox took one of their players because um, they were going to pay him seven million a year and yeah. you know now the contracts are crazy. Like Mike Trout, he signed like a four hundred million dollar contract over like twelve years or something. God damn, like now right. they're making, but back then yeah, you know a star player was making seven million, ten million. Mm -hmm. You know that's like when started to kick up and baseball just like basketball the contracts are guaranteed so you sign that contract that's all your money yeah the nfl if you get cut you get your signing bonus but whatever your salary was for the remaining years you don't you don't have to pay it unless uh -huh. they sometimes they'll guarantee a certain portion of it but yeah. once you're cut they pay you they're not going to pay you the full remainder unless it's fully guaranteed yeah but baseball, you could sign a hundred, you could sign a two billion dollar contract, mm. and then the next day, you know, have a a career ending knee injury, and yeah. they pay you that two billion dollars. Oh damn! Yeah, Just, it's insane. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure they have clauses where like if player gets injured, still so yeah. Yeah. 
But um, so the Oakland A's, they didn't have much money to play with because mm. the owner was stingy. They even have a scene where uh, one of the they got a star player or an older star player from the Yankees comes yeah. over to the Oakland A's, and he goes to the, get a soda, and they're like. It's seventy five cents, and then he's like, "The players have to pay for soda." Yeah, you know, and so it's just that's kind of how the organization is run. Yeah, and um, so Brad Pitt's character, who's kind of he's the general manager of the team. Yeah, and he's trying to figure out a way to put together a, a baseball team that can win with the little limited amount of money. Yeah, that they have. That's where Jonah Hill's character comes in. Mm. He's this analytics guy from Yale. And, you know, it's analytics in baseball was very looked down upon. Like, Uh they're like, you know, baseball is more than just numbers. It's all, you know, mental, like, you know, judging players. You can't judge players based on their stats or whatever. Well, I guess it's kind of sports in general. Uh, No. Well, well, no, football football is definitely stats-driven where, like, if you have the most touchdowns this year, if you have the most receiving touchdowns, you're the best wide receiver you're going to get paid. Baseball f- really fluctuates, uh-huh. like, you know, stats-wise. Plus, they play both sides of the ball, mm. like your offense and your defense. Yeah, that's true. Like, there's, so, there's so many things that you, I guess you can't calculate with stats, so mm-hmm. maybe that's why. Again, I don't I don't really like baseball that much, so I don't yeah. know too much. But he, he brings this guy in, Jonah Hill, his character, to kind of – apply that to what they're basically doing is we're we're not buying players we're buying runs mm. so they're trying to f- find out who gets on base a lot who can you know because that so the whole movie is just them putting together a team that they can win with with limited money and okay. that's what interests me because i i like the analytic part of it and you know they they put together a bunch of guys that nobody else wanted mm-hmm. and they go on to they they end up getting like the longest win streak. It was like twenty six games, and like the whole scene. There's this the best scene in the movie is Chris Pratt's character. They're they're going f- they're up eleven zero in the first inning, mm-hmm. right? Then the game comes to the end. It's tied eleven eleven. They gave up eleven runs. Yeah, and then Chris Pratt's character goes up, and if you're the home team, you go up last. So that way, if you if you score the last point, you win the game. Whereas if you go up first, then the other team has a chance to go again, like another oh, yeah, inning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at the bottom bottom of the ninth, they sub Chris Pratt's character in. It's 11-11. Just rips a home run. And then uh, that breaks the the win streak. Uh-huh. So they get 26 wins. And it's just a great scene. The 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 home run, the, the emote, like you feel it. Like, you know, it's just, it's just yeah it's just again it's like with the town and everything it's Mm -hmm. like you get to you feel like in that moment like this we just broke a record based off this home run like it's a it's amazing like this is a player that everyone in the league counted out he didn't have his arm he had an injury to his arm no Mm -hmm. one wanted him and they they got him to fit because you know that's what they were they were looking to buy runs and he gets on base so they give him a second chance, and he hits this amazing home run, and it's Chris Pratt, and it's just yeah. it's a great scene. And uh, the other, the then the end, um, Brad Pitt's character gets a huge offer from the Red Sox to be the general manager, mm-hmm. make him the highest paid general manager in all of sports, and uh, 
he they they end up not they end up going to the playoffs, but then they lose to the Yankees, I think. So he's kind of bummed out that they didn't win a championship. Mm. So Jonah Hill's character says, "Come with me." They go to the film room and they show this like heavy set guy, you know, in their triple A ball club or double A ball club. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he says, or he said, "This guy is afraid to go to second because he's big." So he he never rounds first, and he rips a rips a uh uh he he gets the pitch, rips it. And then he starts running, and he goes to second, and he trips and falls. So all of his fears are, yeah, you know, coming to life. Yeah. And then as he re- as he crawls back to first base to be safe, the first the first baseman's laughing, right? Mm-hmm. And everyone's and then Brad Pitt's character is like, oh man, they're laughing at him. And he goes, they're just about to find out find out why he had ripped a home run. Oh yeah. shit! So it was like a it the was like a metaphor loss? where it's like you thought you lost. Because you didn't win the championship, yeah. But you you actually hit a home run because you took a small salary and turned it into a playoff worthy team and yeah. a, and a team that broke the the win streak. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just a really good movie. Again, the fact that it took a sport I'm not really interested in and made it interesting, and you have Brad Pitt, who's one of the greatest of all time. Mm. It's just. And I, I I like sports movies too. Like I don't yeah because there's not too much. Even though it's a baseball movie, it's not too much of the actual baseball. Yeah. It's actually just the management or the analytics part of mm. it. So it more behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, that really it's a really good movie. And the end scene is the, not like sad, like a tearjerker, but like goosebumps. Like you just yeah that that home run scene was just amazing. Mm. And so. Yeah, that's number four. It was. It took me a while to remember it because I had to go through Amazon and see. Because if I really like a movie, I'll purchase it. Yeah. And I finally found it was like further down. I, I bought it like four years ago, and then I saw it, and then I watched it again, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is definitely got to be on my list." Yeah. Like, it's a really good movie, mm. and you know, just again, it's it, the same thing with The Big Short. You have five or six hard-hitting actors Mm -hmm. in it like you know you have brad pitt chris pratt jonah hill and a couple other guys who in other movies but i also like i just don't know their names yeah so yeah that's definitely why i had to add it to the list nice nice how about you what's five or you're on four four yeah. yeah so number four is forgetting sarah marshall um that's a funny movie that oh my god yeah this uh very I guess um, somewhat of a reoccurring theme. I mean, this none of this movie is over the top. It's it's very aware of, uh, I guess, half the stuff that they're saying. Like it's I don't know, I don't know exactly how to express what I'm trying to say, but it's the pearl necklace line. Oh my god, <laughs> yes, when they're yes. Yeah. Oh man, the actress had a fun time recording this movie. It, it's fucking hysterical. Yeah. Um, who was who played? It was uh, the guy from Saturday Night Live, Bill Hader. But who played his wife? You know the oh, she's like she's a great comedic actress. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in Step Brothers, I think, where she was married to his brother. I think that's her. Uh, Are you checking? Liz Krakowski. Let me see. Liz. Her name is Liz Bretter in the movie, so they kept the first name, but Liz Krakowski. Oh, I forgot Jason Bateman is in the movie. And Jonah Hill. 
they have a lot of good actors in this movie, actually. I mean, the main character, obviously, Jason Segel, uh, Kristen Bell, Mila Kunis, Russell Brand, Paul Rudd, Jonah Hill, Bill Hatter. Uh, Damn, I got to watch that again. Jason then. Bateman. Ba- Jason Bateman, he's top five comedic actor. William Baldwin. Yeah, they got a lot of them. Kirk Fox, I'm pretty sure, is another comedian. You know the, uh, oh, that movie, is it called The Change-Up? Where, no, no, no. What's the Freaky Friday one? Um, it's with Ryan Reynolds and Jason Bateman. Fuck, yeah. I think it is The change I know. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Jason Bateman is just hilarious. Cause yeah. He, just, he does that deadpan shit mm-hmm. where he has And Horrible it. Bosses, too. Yeah, not the second one, one, but horrible bosses as well. I mean, yeah, but um, yeah, forgetting Sarah Marshall. Essentially, uh, the main character is a he does the musical score for. It's essentially like an NCIS or a CSI knockoff. I think it's like crime scene, scene of the crime or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, William Baldwin and uh, Kristen Bell, uh, Kristen Bell's his girlfriend at the time, at least plays. She's one of the lead roles, and he does. He's. Uh, the main character is well known for his dramatic score, a very ominous score for the movie, mm-hmm. uh, for the show, I apologize. And it's essentially learning through the media that uh, maybe his girlfriend wasn't as faithful as he thought she was. Um, he kind of lives life as a bum. And he just he lives kind of like a, he's by himself in his house, but he kind of lives like a frat boy just making music on his couch, eating like a big fucking... Uh, metal bowl of cereal and um, it just kind of it's one of those things where you see what happens currently and you kind of see flashbacks as to what exactly led up to the breakup well spoilers they break up she's dating Russell Brand or I didn't think his name is Alva Snow he's uh, in the movie he's like a, a British millionaire philanthropist musician makes very over-the-top music i think it's like uh, inside of you <laughs> oh yeah, still, yeah oh my yeah. god that's uh again it's very over the top uh, the conversations just like quick conversations they have in this movie fucking kills me um paul rudd in this movie is hysterical anyways uh before he plays I, like a surfer right yeah, yeah um but, but before i get into that essentially they break up he gets depressed um his brother uh, the other comedian you were talking about from SNL. It's like, why don't you go on a vacation? Oh, no. Wasn't he supposed to He was, with her? And he, he just goes by himself? Yeah. He's like, I'm just going to go by myself. And then they go, or he goes, uh, due to his stepbrother's recommendation, which is when they have the Skype call with the pearl necklace yeah. scene. It's just, Could you lift your head up and then down and then up and then down? Was that pearl necklace there before? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Bro, can you imagine being depressed going from Kristen Bell to Mila Kunis? Like, that's life, dude. <laughs> that's, you got it made. But uh, he winds up taking his stepbrother's advice. He goes to Hawaii, and who's there but his ex-girlfriend with Russell Brand. And it's an interesting dynamic of him trying to better himself and also being a piece of shit and stalking his ex-girlfriend and kind of ruining their vacation uh, while befriending people on the island, including Mila Kunis, which yeah. they wind up having a budding relationship. And it's essentially him getting over uh, I feel like the main character of my fourth and fifth place spot are very similar uh, the I guess a little bit spoilers for number five they both have a romantic aspect to it and I feel like both main characters they're very troubled and they can kind of be pieces of shit and kind of selfish without yeah. really realizing it 
Um, but it's essentially them bettering themselves, getting over the hurdle, getting over their heartache, and kind of taking life into his own um, throughout the movie, essentially. Oh, what I was trying to say earlier was hysterical. Like uh, a bunch of side characters, like Paul Rudd, he plays like a surf instructor. And he just, I don't know if that was like a scripted conversation or he just ad-libbed it. Um, Russell Brand was surfing and I think he got hit and fell into a wave or something and he washed up shore and he has fucking coral stuck in his leg and he takes it out and he starts bleeding and he's being like an obnoxious bitch about it. And the entire time while well, he's like, oh, I'm so faint, I'm going to pass out. Uh, fucking Paul Rudd's like, oh, you must be from London. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm from London. Well, he's passing out. I don't know. It's <laughs> it's stupid. I, I, they think it's fucking hysterical. Um, or there's another scene where he's literally, uh, the main character is stalking um, Kristen Bell and uh, Russell Brand and they're, I think they're they're walking over to the room and it just so happened. It's a lot of very awkward situations. It's like it kind of makes you feel uncomfortable, but at the same time it's hysterical. Like they happen to have rooms, uh, I think. The, Next to each other? Or above each other or something. But yeah, oh, they didn't have any rooms left over because he went there on a whim. But because Mila Kunis felt bad for him, it's like, hey, clean up after yourself. We have a demo room you could stay in. And that winded up being either right above or something, regardless, um, due to the kindness of her heart, he essentially got to stay for free at yeah. like a few days in. And it's just hilarity ensues essentially. Um, just the two exes constantly running into each other and Russell Brand trying like, oh, it's not going to be awkward. Let's, you know, let's have dinner together, which is where Jonah Hill's character comes in, which is a fucking sin for Russell Brand. Why would you say yes to that? That's, oh my God. It's it's a bunch of very uncomfortable situations that happen over and over and over again, and it's hysterical. Um, But yeah, essentially, the main character winds up coming into his own, working on some fucking Muppet Uh, Dracula musical. yeah. Yeah, and whatever. He owns it. He does his own thing, and he's successful, and... It, it's a happy ending. Him and Mila Kunis through, you know, trials and tribulations of kind of being a piece of shit and getting over your ex. And, I mean, it's a good movie. It's hysterical. Yeah. Again, it's been a while. That's another movie that I've, I've probably I've watched yearly, but I haven't watched as many times as the other three. I might have seen it more than Unleashed, but nowhere near as much as like Crank or Abraham Lincoln. So, obviously, I'm not gonna remember every single scene, but I I fucking love that movie. Yeah, no, I, that that's a that's a good movie. So that's uh, or just like another scene where he's watching them and he's stalking them and the, he's on the phone with the stepbrother. He's like, "What do I do?" He's like, "Go back to your room, Peter. Peter, go back to your room." <laughs> and then he sees like, "Oh, they're about to like they're making out or something." He's like, "Yeah, you feel good about yourself, you little bitch." I forgot. It, <laughs> it's I don't know. yeah. Bill Hader is great. Yeah, but um. Anyways, yeah, that's my number four. All right, my number five is the spectacular. Now mm-hmm. it's a it's sort of like a a teenage romantic comedy, but. It's more raw where, you you know, like the, the older ones, it's basically a popular guy gets with the nerdy chick and they fall in love. But it's more like the old, old-timey movies that did this. The popular guy was this football star, six-pack, good-looking guy. This one, it's Miles Teller who, you know, he doesn't play like an athlete or like a built, like, buff guy. Mm-hmm. He's kind of just like the kid that parties He's an alcoholic. Like a frat boy, almost. Yeah. He has his issues. His his father was an alcoholic left. Mm. And then he's in high school, like, putting, you know, liquor in his 
like soft drink cups yeah, and yeah. going to school hammered working and uh he basically kind of uh falls in love with this girl who she's just going to tutor him in math and mm-hmm. like he goes to her house and she's into like drawing and and anime and stuff and hey. yeah <laughs> yeah um she actually creates her own anime i think and uh but he you know they just kind of this is her first real boyfriend mm-hmm. like and he's he's coming off a relationship with like the popular girl at the school like yeah. you know she just couldn't handle that he didn't have any ambition in life and mm-hmm. you know was drinking all the time and she gets with the star football player of the team who's going to like a big big school or uh-huh. a nice college and uh he's still not over her and like in the beginning of the movie he kind of takes Shailene Woody Woodley's character who's mm-hmm. the nerdy girl to like functions with him and like it seems like he's trying to make his his girl ex-girlfriend jealous because she has a new boyfriend uh-huh. but he ends up kind of developing a relationship and he's drunk so he promises her all this stuff while he's drunk and blacks out and you know like to go to uh, prom or whatever and yeah he you know they just they have this tumultuous relationship and then he uh finally meets his father like after he only remembers him when they were younger and uh he meets his father and his mom had told stories like oh he's a pilot he's busy and he's just kind of two hours lives two hours away gets drunk parties all the time lives in an apartment by himself the father yeah okay yeah so he meets him and they go out to meet he go they go to like this restaurant they're drinking and then he goes and talks to a girl and he goes hey i'm gonna go you know and they drove two hours to see him and he just kind of like i'm gonna give her a ride home and he kind of ditches them mm-hmm. and so he just it's kind of like the the peak of the movie where they get in a car accident because he drank and he's pissed off and Shane Lee Woody, Woodley's like no it's fine like you're okay like and uh he kind of says oh you're only you're you're only excited because a guy's finally paying attention to you like really hurtful stuff she gets oh, out shit. of the car he tells her to get out of the car she gets out she gets swiped by like a truck because they're on the freeway mm-hmm. and then you know the next day she forgives him for everything and like you know so he realizes like she's actually good for him and mm-hmm. he kind of puts off writing the college essay shit and he finally says, I'm going to do it now. I'm going to, you know, and then he says, he tell, he tells her, or they're going to run, they're going to go away to school together. Mm. Or like, there's like a junior college she can go to. Yeah. While like she goes to, yeah. And he, he actually did some good for her cause he pressured her to go to college because mm. she's really good in school, but she thought she would have to stick around to take care of her mom or whatever. Cause her mom was, I think on opiates or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he, he pushes her to go to college and she does. And then he promises he'll go with her. And he kind of sits in the parking lot as she's waiting for him and just decides not to go. Like he's not good for her. And then the end, the end of the movie is basically him realizing he made a mistake and that he should be with her. And he goes up to college and meets her. And then the movie ends and just a great story. You know, I'm not really, I don't really like the the regular romantic comedies where it's mm. just kind of cheesy. Mm-hmm. Like some of them are right. There's like uh, the one that that's okay. I think it's, 
the guy gets married. The oh fuck, he's getting married to some blonde girl, and like he's actually into her best friend, but she's kind of like nerdy, whatever. And mm-hmm. he's like this top lawyer. They're both lawyers. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't even think of the name. I don't know why I brought it up, but like again, it's like they have the cheesy humor. They have the basic storyline mm-hmm. where it's like with this one, it's more. There's positive. There's there's positive aspects of their relationship, but there's also negative aspects. And it yeah. shows this kid kind of growing and trying to break the cycle of being an alcoholic because his father and everything. Yeah. And like he finally f- finds himself and realizes like this is the new path I need to be on. Yeah. And uh, apparently it's based off a book. And the book ends with her leaving the college and him just being the town drunk. For the rest of his life. Oh shit! Yeah. Wow. So the movie's way better. I would have been mad. That sounds fuck? like an ending I would have gave it. Yeah. Like with the eye, like yeah, he doesn't know. <laughs> and then cocaine. And then cocaine. Wow, that's he thinks about up. driving to the college, and then he's like, "But I got this gram of coke." Oh. Then he does it. That's kind of why the fuck? Would, uh, okay. I don't that's, know. It's a book. Yeah, I, that's why enough. I don't like reading books because then you read it, you get to the end, and you're like, "It's why did I spend nine hours reading this?" Yeah. The movie's better. <laughs> okay. The movie's better. There you go. That's like Jim Gaffigan has that joke where he goes, don't you hate it when you watch a movie and someone goes, the book is better. And it's like, no, it's not. Because it took me two hours to watch this movie. I have to read to yeah. read the book? Yeah. Like, fuck that. No, no, thank you. Yeah. That's like uh, my mom was uh, really into Harry Potter and I didn't care much for it. And <laughs> she's like, we're not going to go see the movies until you read the book. And the book's like this big. And I'm like... Well, I guess we're not going to see it, and then we'd end up seeing it. Yeah. She wanted to see. It. <laughs> yeah, I was like, just had to wait that one out. Yeah, it's like I'm not reading fucking. That was just too, dude. I got through one chapter. Harry Nine thousand pages. I oh, couldn't thanks. keep track of the characters. I was like, what the fuck, dude? Like, who is? <laughs> I, yeah, I was just like, who's Ron again? Yeah, like I had to like keep going back and like, okay, yeah. what? Is, who is this guy? Okay, okay, they're friends. Yeah, All yeah, right. yeah. I got that. Fucking wizards. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't yeah. Fair I can enough. read like a educational book, like something that's like, here's like I love reading like business books where it's like case studies where it says like this is an issue that you know Walmart had and mm-hmm. this is how they fixed it and it goes through the steps. Like I could read stuff like that, but like stuff where I have to keep track of characters, yeah. No. I need to see it on a screen. Or yeah. I'm just gonna be lost yeah. halfway through the book. Like just like is there a glossary that tells me <laughs> where these characters came from again? Less, like, less, uh, you know, wizards and more. Here's how McDonald's McFucked up, you know? Yeah, yeah. Especially, <laughs> especially like the names, like Voldemort. Well, yeah. Uh, you know, don't like, say his name. Yeah. Oh, you can't say his name. I whatever. Uh, who's I the know. Who's the bratty kid? The blonde. Yeah. I, uh, whoops. Yeah, I'm gonna get a fucking talking to when I get home. Oh. <laughs> my, my girlfriend's really big into this too. I don't oh, really? remember. I, I like the fantastic. Is it Slytherin? That's one of like the houses. Fuck, what's his name? Whatever, man. I, I get what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. I like the Fantastic Beast movies because A, it's not a bunch of 12 year olds, but it's also more, it's less about the school and it's more about like the world itself. Yeah. But no, I get what you're saying. But that actually, yeah, I mean, for romantic comedy, that seems like a fairly interesting plot. I'm not biased because of the anime, I promise. I'm just yeah. in general, no, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. No, I haven't seen the Fantastic Beast ones. 
But it's whatever, take it or leave it. I like it. But again, kind of like you're saying with Sicario, hopefully it ends Fantastic Beasts. We're three movies in and the main villain is still at large. Yeah. What the yeah. fuck? Uh, like we're going to soak every dime out of this. We're not going to end it until yeah. we break even. Yeah. Well, until it's already- like Until like our box office is exact. Like as long as we're making above our budget, yeah. we're going to keep making these. Well, so it's confirmed there's five movies. Oh, okay. So if it takes five fucking movies- it, okay, if they don't take him down by the end of the next movie, I'm not watching the fifth one. Yeah. What the fuck, dude? This is like the most OP fucking villain of all time. Five fucking movies to take this piece of shit down? Yeah. All right. Oh, if they make five Sicarios, <laughs> I might be about it. I might. Well, that's might like be, if, they, if keep, they stretch it out another three, I think I think that'd be a good thing. We're at the point, though, where like literally they had him in the last movie like, we, I'm going to get you. We all got our wands out. And he's like, but how about this? Abracadabra, and then he just suicide jumps off. Bro, I'm like, pretty sure you, you could just like time o stopo and then just suspend him in thin air, head explodo, and then he's done. How the fuck do you go four movies trying to find this guy, and then you get hit with the classic like Abracadabra? Yeah, and you just you just drop the ball. Like okay, I mean at that point, do you even make a fifth one? Yeah. Like if you're getting tricked by Abracadabra, yeah, disappear like disappearing like really? Yeah, <laughs> like not even like a. Like a crazy spell. It's just yeah. like, yeah, I'm disappear. Like that's doom. There are magicians in me. Vegas that can do that shit. Yeah. And you're getting are you that fantastic? You wax on and waxed off and he's gone. Dude, you fucking waxed off hard, dude. Yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa, never mind. Yeah, yeah. But different. um but no, that that is a very interesting, you know, kind of changing things up. Yeah. I was uh we used to have this thing in elementary school called reading counts. Mm. Oh my god, dude. So you would you would get points based on, you had to get a certain amount of points. So mm-hmm. basically it's like a test. Like you read a book, you take the test, mm. and then you have you get points based on how long the book is. So we okay. used to just watch the Harry Potter movies <laughs> and, and Cliff take noted. the test, right? Yeah. Bruh, I didn't even know what this book was back then, but they had Mein Kampf Ooh. On the And Mein Kampf's a big book. Uh, yeah. So it was like 81 points. Mm-hmm. Which would last you like four months. Mm-hmm. Someone took the test, got it wrong, and the teacher told him he had to read the book. Uh, well, bro, that guy is such a white supremacist. Now. Get, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that guy is so not into Jews right now, dude. Yes. It's crazy. Yes. That teacher ruined that kid's life. Oh, yeah. He's in prison now. And his career. Yeah. Had um, tattoos and all. Yeah. Yeah. That kid, <laughs> kid was never the same. No. That's kind of what that was elementary school? Yeah. They Mein Kampf was a fucking okay. That's that seems We a had it early. in our library. That seems a little early. That's more like middle yeah. school or high school, even college whatever. I I mean, I, I don't think the entire book is I hate the Jews. I don't think that's the entire book, but Yeah. That's that's just interesting for elementary school. That seems a little And I remember the book, it was huge cuz yeah. I remember I was like, "Dude, what the?" cuz I used to read uh, cause I hated reading. So I got the, remember the Cam Jansen books? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used to just run through those cause it was easy. Yeah. And I just be like, I'm just going to nail this out 10 points at a time, dude. Yeah. I don't, f- it's fine. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I'll, I'll read some mystery solving books. When I was younger, my, uh, and I'll, I'll get to my number. That was your number five, correct? Yeah. I'll get yeah. to my number five after this. Just speaking of points and having to read. Yeah. I mean, I read a lot of manga nowadays. There's pictures involved. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, um, 
when I was first getting into that, uh, when I was growing up, my mom essentially is like, you will get you one of these books, but you need to read a real book beforehand. There was this Erin uh, Hunt, Erin Hunter, I think her name is. She did the Warrior series, mm-hmm. which winded up getting a manga series, funny enough. It's like, it's kind of weird to explain. It's like a bunch of cats. It's like a gang of cats, essentially. And it's like the indoor yeah. life versus the outdoor life. They should see if Molly life. wants to join. Yeah, She's seriously. Kind of fucking vicious, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's very similar where it wasn't for school. But, like, hey, if you want your Naruto books, you got to read some words first. Like, yeah. Okay. But um, I anyway, like words, mom. Yeah, I like I like the art. I like the pretty I like pictures. pictures okay? yeah. I like the pretty pictures. <laughs> Listen, I'm not in college right now. I'm doing a podcast. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so number five, uh, last but not least, uh, the as I was saying before, the character is very similar. Uh, the last pick in this one, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, mm-hmm. another uh, I wouldn't say romantic comedy. It's a romantic comedy action adventure with a question mark. Uh, it's based off of a comic series of the same name. Uh, I think it was nine original volumes. Essentially, the main character, uh, Scott Pilgrim, hence the name, versus the world. He, kind of a loser, honestly. He's in this band. And a loser, not as like people hate him, but loser is in, he's, I don't know, he kind of he's kind of a bland person. I mean, he's in a band, yeah. but he doesn't really put his all into it. He's 22, but his girlfriend's 18. She's like, some of the names, his girl, his fake, they call her the fake high school girlfriend because he's uh, an adult dating someone, a senior in high school. Like, uh, Knives Chow is her name. She's uh, in some, like, Chinese Catholic school, like, uniform and everything stereotype. Yeah. And he's just kind of a loser. And uh, honestly, like, before I get further into it, I like the movie. I feel like the movie is enjoyable as it is, and the comic is enjoyable as it is, but it's more not trying to be the opposite of what you said, but obviously putting nine comics into one movie, you know, you're going to have to rush things a little bit. The movie's phenomenal, but I got a new appreciation um, watching like video essays on the characters. Essentially, I mean, it's the main character, Scott Pilgrim, ignoring his past mistakes and reliving his past over and over again because he won't learn. And he winds up going to a party, dragged to by his bandmates and his friends, and meets what seems to be the love of his life, Ramona Flowers. Isn't that Amanda or Amber Heard? She's all she plays the wife in Abraham Lincoln, the Vampire Slayer. Oh, okay. So she's the romantic. She was also in. Does he uh, end up with her at the end of Scott? Yes. Oh, dude. He. I thought he dodged a bullet. No, he. Uh, she's gonna shit on his bed. Yeah. <laughs> he was also, or she was also in Ten Cloverfield Lane. With John Goodman. Oh, yeah. That, that was she, a good yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. That, that was her. Those are the main three. I know she's been in other movies. But she's in Aquaman. They got her out, though. Oh, well, was she? I didn't see Aquaman. Uh, well, I heard that they signed a petition to get her out because oh. of the, I guess, I don't know. You've been paying to attention to the Johnny Depp trial. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, like, she lied about some stuff. I don't I don't know for sure, but uh, they signed a petition. Because she, based on what she said, she ruined Johnny Depp's career. Like he got, mm. he got kicked out of the Pirates of the Caribbean. He's not Jack Sparrow anymore. Yeah, they're yeah. But that, that's not her though. Huh? That's not her though. Yeah, that's Amber Heard. Hold up. Just Google bed shitter. <laughs> bed shitter. She did. There. Were, no, there her were... name is uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Let me see. The second picture right there. Holy shit. She's in uh, The Spectacular now. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. She plays uh, 
his sister, I think. So, yeah. So Damn, she, she looks just like Amber Heard. That's crazy. Actually, yeah, not different hair, but now that you mention it with the makeup, yeah, I guess that's... Oh, yeah, Brie Larson's also in it, Captain Marvel. Oh, Brie Larson's awesome. They have Chris Evans fucking Captain America. And Scott... Oh, yeah, Scott he Pro, plays yeah, one of the yeah. ex-boyfriends. Um, yeah, so essentially, they also... Uh, Brandon Roth, he was in like the Edge, not Edge of Tomorrow, uh, Legends of Tomorrow at the CW show. Uh, Anna Kendricks is in it. Oh, yeah. Allison, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember her. Allison Pill, Mae Whitman. Anyways, uh, he r- runs into Ramona Flowers at a party and in an awkward attempt of trying to get with her, uh, fails. Anyways, he finds out through asking people around the party about her finds out where she works and she works for like an Amazon delivery essentially. Mm-hmm. And so she has no time to go out. Well, <laughs> essentially, yeah, I mean she's fairly busy, but anyways, he's able to get her to deliver a book to his house to then like, "Hey, you want to go on a date?" Cuz she rejected the second time, it's like, "You're fucking weird." Dude. I think like the intro conversation was about Pac-Man, how Pac-Man used to be called Puck-Man because he looks like a puck, but puck is similar to fuck, so they changed it to Pac-Man. Is that for real? Yeah, apparently. I don't oh, know. Oh, shit. But anyway, I mean, it makes sense, but I didn't look Pac-Man's into Pac-Man's a way better name. Yeah, there you go. They got lucky. Fuck-Man, you know. <laughs> fuck, yeah, Fuck-Man's a better That's name. That's a different game. If you had to rank it, it goes Fuck-Man, Pac-Man, and then Puck-Man. There you go. Um, but um, anyways, he winds up winning her over in a weird way. Uh, but it's essentially Ramona Flowers and Scott Pilgrim in their own ways running away from their past. He, well, Scott ignores his past. Ramona runs away from her past. The entire part of the movie, which I don't know why it took me so long to explain, Scott Pilgrim versus the world versus the world. She has like, again, it's based off a comic series, so bear with me. Yeah. <laughs> she has seven evil exes. She apparently throughout her life, kind of like how Scott continues to just date people because he has abandonment issues and wants to feel wanted. Is Brie Larson one of his exes? Brie Brie Larson is his ex. So you see his ex, but Ramona has a 70 of exes. Dude, what is it with these last two movies where you have have Forgetting Sarah Marshall, kind of like an average dude, goes from Kristen Bell to Mila Kunis. This guy's dating Brie Larson and then that chick? Brie Larson before the whole... Captain Marvel kind of dyke haircut makeover, whatever. Nothing oh. against it. <laughs> but um, anyways, she he has to go through her seven evil exes. You learn through Ramona's past that she sees herself not worthy of dating and as a scumbag and just leaves. And these seven people, they're the seven evil exes, but they're people that have never gotten closure, essentially. Obviously, it's dramatic and there's fighting and fucking powers. Like, they're <laughs> halfway in. She dated. She's like, she went through a... Uh, very interesting characters. Anyways, um, he has to go through her seven evil exes to be with her. He's like, you need to, we need to deal with my baggage. In order for me to go forward, we got to deal with my baggage. And it's anywhere from like a fist fight. So like Captain or fucking uh, Chris, Evans. Chris Evans plays an actor, like a fucking skateboard riding action star. Yeah. And he goes to one of the sets. This takes place in Toronto. And literally... He like he's doing the role like they're recording and you think he's talking to someone. He's like, no, I'm talking to you, Scott Pilgrim. And the cameras move, and it's like an actual fight. <laughs> they like take a skateboard and they out grind each other essentially. Yeah. So it's like even if he can't win, he like outsmarts them. And it's whenever it's the entire I don't know like uh, it's very video game esque. So like he'll beat an evil esque 
uh, Evil X, like with Chris Evans, he'll be like grinding down this long pole and it goes faster and faster and faster and faster. And he like, his skateboard catches on fire and he gets to the bottom and just explodes into like a, a pile of coins. <laughs> like it's in a video game. Yeah. And the comic was like this, but I like the cinematography in this movie is phenomenal. They, it's a live action. Yeah. Uh, Michael Sarah plays the main character. So that's CGI. It's not CGI, it's like special effects. So kind of like with Crank where I said he had like cunt stamped on his yeah. forehead, like a digital effect. Like he'll punch someone and it's like kapow, like, oh, a, okay. like an effect. Like it's a cartoon, like it's, but it's not cheesy. Like they put a lot of money into this movie. Like it, even though it's like real people and like cartoon effects, like it, more so video game effects. They did a really good job editing this movie. The cinematography is amazing. Um, anyways, very interesting exes. Uh, she has a girl for one of them. So it's just like some of the offhand remarks. He's like, you went through a sexy phase? Just like small shit like that I think is hysterical. Anyways, it's Scott, again, running from his past or uh, ignoring his past and reliving. Ramona running from her past and just them both kind of dealing with their baggage to the point where they wind up breaking up and he becomes an evil ex, Scott, oh. and has to essentially take down the final ex, not for her, but for himself. Mm -hmm. And essentially learns like- Who's the final ex? Uh, I forget his name, but he I think he was in My Name is Earl, I believe. He, he's been in some movies. Uh, he winds up, he is a famous record studio owner mm -hmm. and buys his band. Oh. And then, like, gets with Ramona during, like, he's fighting. He had She dated, like, two Asian twins at the same time. So they have this, like, stereotypical, they're jamming out on stage. And, like, their musical notes turns into, like, a monster behind them. And it's, like, a fucking Yeti versus these two twin dragons because they're Asian because why not? Yeah. And they're, like, battle, literally literal battle of the bands. Like, they're jamming out, controlling a fucking kaiju. It sounds ridiculous, but it's actually really cool when you watch it. And... Gideon is the final ex's name and essentially just scoops Ramona from under him and essentially they are able to deal with their paths, past, sorry, by overcoming someone that's worse than both of them combined. Because he's just, the final ex is just not only like an obsessive ex-boyfriend, but just a total piece of shit. Yeah. Like if anything, the other guys, it's dramatic because it's based off a comic, but they're just, they want closure. This guy's just a piece of shit. And it's essentially Scott having to face himself in a way after being defeated and learn that you need to fight for yourself and not just – you don't need to be in a relationship to be fulfilled. Yeah. You don't need to have the attention of others to be fulfilled. It's okay to do your own thing and be your own person and have your own thoughts. And I feel like Scott Pilgrim and – Peter from Forgetting Sarah Marshall are off. We had some technical difficulties accidentally recorded over this part. We are running a low budget operation and things like this happen. The beginning of the following part will be missing some context in the beginning, but it'll pick back up. Shout out to our sponsors, Frumper Stickers. Personally, but I, I like the development they've gone through and not again, not that I relate to those specific things, but I feel like growing up, there's a lot of everyone has their own baggage they have to deal with. Most of the time, it takes a while for someone to actually confront it and grow as a person and actually deal with your baggage. And that aspect I do relate to. Mm -hmm. We all have our own shit we've dealt with in the past or we've experienced in the past. And sometimes it's very hard to wake up 
like one of the final books is Scott finally gets it together. That's like the title of the book. And he finally, throughout the movie, he finally gets his shit together and he realizes I have to be my own person. You know, I don't need to be needed. I don't need to be wanted. I don't need anyone. I'm doing this for me. I'm fighting for myself now because people are still coming after me. It just so happens that something very interesting, like um, not necessarily spoiling the end of the movie, but whatever, they change the ending. At the very end, he says, fuck it goes out with knives and they changed it to in the comics I believe he does end up with Romano I'm not entirely sure I haven't finished the comics mm-hmm. but similar to your number five where they kind of it's the ending is drastically different yeah but in the movie he ends up with Romano and yeah that's my number well, five yeah, because they have to make the endings like that because people would just lose their what's shit. the point of the whole fucking I mean yeah. well I get technically that would work because he's fighting for himself but at the same time he did all of that for what you know what I mean? Yeah. He fought all the exes. Get with the fucking girl, dude. Yeah. So I, I technically speaking, depending on how they did it, especially at the end of the at the end of the day, it's really about overcoming yourself and your own shitty past and your own shitty decisions. But yeah, if you're gonna go fight to the death for fucking seven evil exes, get with the fucking girl. Yeah. Especially if you finish the job. Se- seven's a lot. Yeah. I have three evil exes. <laughs> Just relationships where like I multiple times was like, is this happening right now? It's like really this is what I'm this is okay. Is this going what? Yeah, this is real life. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I got three you gotta defeat. <laughs> you wanna date me? No, you don't I don't open up them. the hotline now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, that's uh, that's my number five. And they have crazier superpowers than grinding there you skateboards. Go. Yeah, grinding skateboards and fire katanas and shit. Yeah. But yeah, I guess before I finish off the last, it's the cinematography is like nothing else. Yeah, like I've seen obviously like animated movies with the cartoon special or like the does it hold up today? Oh my like, god, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, and that's another thing on Netflix. I don't know, probably not your cup of tea, but I think it's definitely worth the watch. It's very, if not for the action, it's still pretty fucking funny. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah. Michael Sarah is pretty funny. Yeah, he but, he's in again in every role. He's the fucking awkward dude. He's awkward as fuck in that movie. Yeah, he opens up talking to a girl at the bar with a shirt that's way too tight and the fucking red beer cup with like Fanta in it. I'm drinking Fanta now, but whatever. Uh. Talking about Pac-Man, that's his opening line. Yeah. Not the first word is, did you know Pac-Man used to be called Puck-Man? Like, okay. he's. That's actually one of my old pickup lines. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I see it worked. Yeah. And uh, – Got a couple evil ones with that Yeah. One. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's very, very unique, the cinematography and the editing for that movie. But, um, yeah, that's my number five. There you go. Oh, wow. Would you look at that? That's uh, second that's episode of the bag. Oh, I looked up because uh, you were saying Scott Pilgrim. Uh, the budget was high. Was it not it was sixty to eighty-five million? Oh, which is pretty high. Yeah. You want to guess what the box office was? What was it? It was it not good. For, uh, Forty-nine. Oh, pretty good. But yeah, they well, lost. I, I I never watched it in theaters. I have people I know that have watched it in theaters, but at that point, I think it was on Netflix. Oh, okay. And then that got me into the comics, which currently I'm reading, but I haven't finished. I wonder where all the money went. Well, I guess the. The action part of it. Yeah, there was like a lot of not the people, but around them. Like literally, like half the shit they did was like they had like. Again, I know you don't really read a lot of comics, but like they move around. There's like the wind effects. Yeah. Like they, but it's blended perfectly. Like it doesn't look janky. It does. Like it looks like it belongs there. I feel like maybe because they used more video game effects. You know what I mean? Opposed yeah. to like comics, I feel like maybe that's why it looks different. 
But like literally like there's a scene in the movie where he's like, I need to get a life. And there's like, there's a video game of the same name. They made like a little side scroller hack and slash. And it's like his head spinning and he literally grabs it and runs out of the door. <laughs> but um, anyways, yeah, that that is number five. And that's... Uh, that's it. That's Another episode five, of the New Party Podcast. You want to do honorable mentions? Oh, yes. Honorable mentions. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's, again, this list was very hard to make, but um, just rattling off a few real quick. Uh, Knives Out almost made it. Knives Out, that's a brilliant movie. Very, very smart. Uh, a hint of comedy in there as well. Um, it's essentially a whodunit, guess who, uh, murder mystery. They are making a second one, too. Jada Smith's going to be in it, so I'll see oh, if it's canceled go. or not. Uh, but um, very, very good movie. Um, Django Unchained almost made it. Honestly, there's so many movies, it's really hard to just have, like, I have five honorable mentions. Yeah. But Django Unchained, Jamie Foxx, I feel bad because I forget the guy, the other guy, a German actor. He was also in Battle Angel Alita. Very, another, like, I wouldn't say corny, but very aware of like you know some of the stuff in here is not realistic like him having a pistol and shooting something from several miles away but it's another kind of like a martial arts movie it's a western so you know it's gonna it's gonna be some cheesy moments but i feel like that one probably had a decent budget too it's very very good um something that probably could have been number three or number four it probably could have replaced forgetting sarah marshall is repo men um I love Jude Law. Forrest Whitaker is amazing as well. Uh, essentially, cyberpunk early, like, um, what's that Blade Runner-esque future? Yeah. Where, yeah. why wait to get your organs transplanted when you can get these mechanical, like, you know, like 300000 but they're in debt. It literally is an arm and a leg, and essentially it's, yeah, you know, we we can give them to you fast, but it's expensive as fuck, and if you don't pay for it, we're going to just, like... They explain in the movie when you uh, when you don't pay your mortgage, the bank comes for your house. When you don't pay your car bill, your you know the bank comes for your car. When you don't pay your phone bill, you don't get service. When you don't pay for your organs, the repo men come and they take it. So it's it's a little dark, a little morbid, but very interesting concept. That it is honestly that's like that's a diamond in the rough. I, I really don't want to say too much about that for people that are listening. If you like Jude Law, you like Forrest Whitaker, you like kind of, I wouldn't say steampunk, but more futuristic sci-fi, I guess kind of not really a mystery, but action movie. Uh, that's a really good movie, especially without saying too much. Uh, that The ending to that movie is very unique. There, oh, yeah. I can't yeah. think of a lot of movies that have ended in that way. It's that, quite a twist. Very bold. Very yeah. bold. Uh, and it kind of like, oh, what the fuck? Like, that's kind of a mind fuck at the end of the movie. Yeah. So that was, yeah, not, some people might say not the best, but I it, very unique, very interesting ending. Um, Baby Driver's another one. Uh, another heist in a way. I feel like, honestly, bank heist movies, it's very hard to fuck them up. Like, it's, it's as long as you do it well, like, you have good actors, you have, like, a decent plot, you keep it high octane. I feel like heist movies are very, very successful. Yeah. And that's another one. Jamie Foxx is yeah, top notch. Oh yeah, he's he's so great at everything. Like and the, the you know the fact that he was in such big movies. Yeah, and I think he was a comedian. Was he? He made music. 
made music. He yeah. might have been a comedian too. He I did, know he definitely he, he made did music, some good though. songs too. Yeah, like the Blame It on the Alcohol, which is kind of I completely forgot about that too. Yeah, he yeah. makes some fucking bangers. He yeah. Made bangers back in the day, dude. But, I was um, with T Pain and what's his face that's under fire right now, even though he's back. Um, the boss in Baby Driver. What's his name? Oh. He got on Kevin under, Spacey. Yeah, he he's, got under he's, I don't think he's back. I think. Why well, I saw there was a YouTube. I guess like Did he might see, be on a show or something. You see, uh, there were like three accusers, and like two of them just died oh. out of nowhere, and then the third one just ran away because he oh, was shit. like, yeah, he was getting people. Yeah, getting rid of the proof. What the fuck? Yeah. I had no idea. Dude. Damn. I know. I he was ain't like, fucking around. I didn't know. I didn't know it was that high up where he could like call hits out like that. That's crazy. He looks like the fucking mafioso kind of yeah. individual, but goddamn, yeah. That's what he was doing in that one show, House of Cards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goddamn. I can't believe he did that on his own. Like when he pushed the lady in front of a train, I yeah. was like, he did that by like, dude, call your guy. Yeah. Call it. You know. What the fuck? You make a phone call for that one. Yeah. <laughs> but I um, guess too, it's like. You know who's gonna say, "Oh, this this congressman went out and murdered someone." It'd yeah, be hard to prove. Yeah, he would just make it go away. Well, yeah, money talks or shuts up, I guess, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, those are yeah. Jamie Fox was in two of those. Django, he yeah, did a good job in Django too. And I guess last but not least, which we were both talking about this afterwards, and honestly, this could have been on the list. Chef with Joe yeah. Favreau. Amazing fucking movie. Amazing. Again, not really, I'm not going to say coming of age. It's not the right terminology for it, but growth, character growth. Yeah. Oh, and it was original. Yeah. Was no, oh, my God. That's like, like, I fell in love with John Favreau's stuff after that. Like, again, I watched, I, he has a show very similar to Chef, essentially, where he's just fucking cooking and hanging out with chefs and actors. Um, there's a YouTuber, uh, Binging with Babish, as a uh, cuisine YouTuber. I don't know what you call it, cook YouTuber. Anyways, he makes food, and he had John Favreau on there as well. Like he's very open to the community, going and bringing people's names up and trying to get people well known. But yeah, I mean, actor, director, screenwriter is yeah. Well, the fact he did Final Game, right? Uh, Endgame, yeah, Endgame, yeah. Endgame. The I believe the first two Iron Man movies. I believe he also directed Chef and starred in yeah. it. Yeah. Well, he he said too that he learned. Cause like all the cutting and shit, like yeah, he learned yeah. how to do all that for the movie. Yeah, that's pretty. And impressive. just kind of went with it. Yeah, yeah. Because he does a lot more, like more uh, chef oriented stuff. That must be like the fat version of like actors. It's like <laughs> other actors will go on like this crazy diet to get themselves big. He's like, bitch, and, like, I'm gonna eat. Yeah, if you're <laughs> like, well, I'm big. I'm gonna learn how to cut celery really fast. Oh yeah. Well, it's like that's how I'm preparing. Are you gonna go to the gym? No. Why would I do that? Cubanos though. Cubanos, oh, dude. Shit. When I watched Chef, the second time, first time I saw it in theaters, I was like, "This is a really good movie." Yeah, that's another movie where it's like John Favreau, his ex-wife, is one of the hottest girls of all time. <sighs> yeah, that's. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I I think I'm just gonna be a movie writer <laughs> and just write movies that I'm in, and I'm just like, "Who's my girlfriend? The, who gets to play my Amber girlfriend Heard? today?" Yeah. Scarlett Johansson, and she's also in Chef. Oh yeah, another another one that she's hooking up. He's hooking up with. All right, it's the food that talks. I think that's the thing. Is like I need to learn how to cook better. That lava cake. Yes, it's, <laughs> it's supposed to be molten. molten. It's fucking molten, dude. It fucking melts on the inside. Yeah, 
you know culture having motherfucking food blogger. Yeah. Ay, ay. Yeah, that was pretty cool at the end, though, that he, <laughs> you know, I, once I watched it the second time, Full I circle. was like, I'm going to learn how to make a Cubano. Yeah. And, like, I smoked, like, this whole pig shoulder or mm-hmm. pork shoulder, and then I got, like, these really nice buns, and I just didn't, I need to get, like, one of those panini press things so I yeah. could actually do it. I was kind of, like, half-assing it on, like, a... George Foreman? <laughs> not a George. It wasn't, I wasn't pressing it. Oh. I just put it on, like, a regular bun. Flipped it. With the meat and the the pickles and the mustard and the cheese. I didn't, like, to- I toasted the bun, mm-hmm. but I didn't do the press thing. Yeah, yeah. But it just still turned out pretty good. Mm. My mom always gets excited when I say I'm going to make them, so. Nice, nice. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. But uh, what about you as far as honorable mentions? <laughs> honorable mentions... The Den of Thieves mm. was another bank. I like bank robbery movies <laughs> also. And it's actually, it was f- funny. I had a interview um, with the bank, like in my early 20s. And uh, they were like, just asking me questions. And we're I'm like goofing off and we're all laughing. I'm mm. like joking around. And they go, what would you do in the event of a like a robbery, right? And I was, I was like, well, I'd hit the safety deposit boxes because there's no way the Fed can track those. <laughs> and they started laughing. They were like, no, we mean if someone's robbing the bank and you're working there. It's like, oh, I'd freak the fuck out. I, yeah. <laughs> Hands up in the air, get down. Yeah. Wait for yeah. the Joker to finish It's not my job. money. Yeah. Take the trackers too. Yeah. There you go. But uh, yeah, Den of Thieves is good. They robbed the Federal Reserve, which is nuts. Mm-hmm. Like, just like... The most secure, one of the most secure banks like ever. Yeah. They figure out a way to do it. Um, Fifty Cent's in that movie, which Fifty Cent, highly underrated actor. He used he's, to be a rapper. Now he's an actor, apparently. Yeah, yeah. No, he's. I think he was in. He was in another one that was pretty good, but that one. Was he in Power? He was in a show as I well. Think he writes Power. Okay. Writes, yeah. 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 Um, Too big to fail was kind of like same. Same as Big Short, but no humor. Just kind of more of a documented, mm-hmm. a reenactment of the government side of how they handled the bailouts, and just more. It was interesting, but it, you know, it didn't have like, it didn't have uh, the same flair. Yeah, it didn't. Yeah, it wasn't like supposed to be funny. It was just kind of like a breakdown of this is what was going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, what else did I have? Uh, Oh, Street Kings with mm-hmm. Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. Plays like an undercover cop. And that one, great action movie. Uh, Keanu Reeves is a badass. You know, oh, I yeah. love him in John Wick, Matrix. Bobby Yeager. Bobby Yeager. And John Wick, the boogeyman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. Um, Happy Gilmore. Yep. I mean, Waterboy. Oh, my Adam God. Adam Sandler movies Big Daddy, back in that time. Billy Madison. Yeah. It's that whole era of, yeah. He kind of, uh, what was the, uh, he has like a new one out where he plays like a bookie. I haven't watched that. And then he had the one with Chris Rock, um, the family one, um, David Spade. Grown Ups? Grown Ups, yeah. I like the, the first, first one. one was pretty good. Yeah, Second like one kind of, yeah. Um, yeah, Waterboy. Waterboy is probably like a top five sport movie to me. Yeah. Um, just hilarious. So many quotables. The the sound he makes when he tackles. My mama C- said, C- Captain Insano takes no mercy. Yeah. <laughs> Open up a can of whoop ass. 
My mama said alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth and no, no toothbrush. toothbrush. Oh, yeah. Bro, fucking smacks Colonel Sanders. <laughs> no, Colonel Sanders. Use is wrong. Oh, no, that's man. a really good movie. There's another one with Miles Teller, the guy from The Spectacular Now, and uh, <clears throat> Michael B. Jordan and Zach Enfron. They were like just... Three single guys living in New York. Funny people? No. Yeah, oh, is it funny people? It might have been funny people. I think, funny enough, Eminem's in that movie. Really? He plays himself. They're in a bar. He plays it as himself, like blonde hair, uh, gloveless or uh, fingerless gloves, like backwards hat, glasses. Eminem. He's in that movie. Oh, I wonder. Maybe that isn't. Maybe. But that is an Adam Sandler movie. It, no, that's Adam Sandler and that's Seth Rogen. No, 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 no. That. I, that one's good too. I'm talking. This is a different one. Okay. With, it's just like it's kind of like a romantic comedy. It's like three single guys living in New York, and mm. um, that one's probably that one's on my honorable mentions. Just, it's a funny movie. I like Miles Teller. Mm-hmm. He's in the new Top Gun, so I'm gonna okay. go see that. Yeah, yeah. Cause Tom Cruise, greatest of all time, action movie star. Like, to me, like that guy. I've can't believe I didn't put Mission Impossible. Now that I think about it, I'm like I should have put at least one Mission Impossible on there. I, I think I saw the most recent one. He fucking fights Superman. The guy uh, Henry Cavill that plays Superman. Yeah, which yeah. I like that one. That one's good. good. The one, the one that's my favorite is uh, the one with oh, who's C- Richard Seymour Hoffman plays the bad guy. Mm-hmm. That one's the that one to me is the best one. Leaving out the fact that he's insane outside of the movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, Scientology thing. It's one odd. Day. Aliens one day. Everyone's got their thing. Yeah, you know whatever. Yeah, <laughs> he's a good actor. No, yeah, know. definitely, definitely. But yeah, he just kind of he's kind of got been typecasted as like the action star now. But they're all yeah. blockbuster. Well, yeah, Tom. That's a huge name, yeah. Tom Cruise. I mean, yeah. Top Gun. I didn't. I still haven't seen the first one. Mm. But. I'm going to see the second one. Yeah. Because Miles Teller is in that. I think it's going to be... I think out of what they're coming out with now, like, that's probably going to be a top-notch movie. Yeah. Because, you know, back, like, 10 years ago, I would go to the movie every weekend. Yeah. Because there was always some good stuff coming out. Oh, now yeah. it's just, like, I was looking at the movies, watching trailers to see what I was going to see on Monday, and I was saw just fire like... Starter. <laughs> saw Firestarter. And, you know... It's just some little girl with fire powers, and it ends the way you think it's going to end halfway through the movie. And yeah. I was like, okay. I guess all movies kind of end like that. Like, there, you know there's always going to be a solution at the end. Well, but, yeah, unless it's Fantastic Beast or Sicario. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're going to leave it open until they're like, oh, we took a loss on this third one. Let's wrap it up next Yeah. One. Finish the book. Yeah. Because like, that's a way to get people to come out. If, like, yeah. if the third one tanks or fourth one tanks... You go, the next one's the last one, you'll get people to go see it because yeah. they, they want to see the end yeah, of the they whole series. See it <clears throat> Hopefully it's not like a Game of Thrones. No, well, you know, Star Wars money. Star Wars money? Because I, I think they were, they slacked off on Game of Thrones because they were given the opportunity to direct like the Star Wars show or a movie. Yeah. And they're like, all right, well, let's just kind of fuck over Game of Thrones, I guess. I didn't, I stopped watching it like... After the first season, because mm-hmm. it was another one where I couldn't keep up with the characters. Yeah. Like, they're all just, like, fucking and killing. Jason Samoa just fucking people every other episode. Yeah. Like, okay. He, like, he, then, he can't And there were dragons. That one girl, though, she, 
<laughs> she's uh, she's pretty. Yeah. Well, Jason Samoa thought so as well. Yeah. <laughs> the white hair, I don't know. That's probably not her natural hair, but that's a good look. Yeah. Like Storm, Halle Berry is Storm. Mm -hmm. That's... Oh, yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah, I think that's uh, that's all my honorable mentions. You got any more? Are you good? No, no, that's it. I again, movies. I I've watched so many movies. I can go on for hours. Yeah, no, I know. As soon as I start thinking about, like, I'm mad I didn't put Mission Impossible or Waterboy too. You're we talking earlier, Waterboy. Like yeah. all the older Adam Sandler movies. Are you kidding me? That's yeah. I haven't even talked about Liam Neeson. There's not. I'm not going to talk about the original you know. Taken. Was really good. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it got once they got to the seventh one. I was like, all right, can all you right. stop? Can you like lock your kid in the basement now? Like, please. What are you doing? Okay. Like, how do you keep losing? <laughs> I don't know, man. Just get one of those little tags. The tracks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. You're done. I mean, what are the odd the odds of like someone? Because I mean, you know, you th you, you see it in the movies. You think it's going to be like an everyday occurrence. Yeah. Kidnappings on a general scale in especially America, it's not like a lot. Like, yeah. I don't know anyone that's been kidnapped. Mm. But for it to happen to you, like, four or five times, maybe you, you're the problem. Your, you, your daughter, your wife, your fucking dog next, your goldfish yeah. cousin, you know, it's... It's maybe, maybe it's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, at some point you have to be like, okay, people keep taking... Maybe I'm the problem. What am I doing wrong? What am I, yeah. Let me take Signing a up for taking four, that's what you're doing wrong. Let me take a seat and, you know... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't believe it. the second one was all right, but yeah, I you know they there's so few ideas out there that once they get something that hits, mm. they're gonna milk every penny out of it. Yeah, and until people don't they care did that to Taken, they're gonna do that to John John Wick. If you think next, please don't one, ruin John Wick. If I like <laughs> it so far, Sicario, I think they're more like John Wick is kind of like action like general film where yeah. Sicario has a storyline that's gone through yeah the whole thing so it's like it's ready for it's hard now. it's easy to make like an action film movie with just one premise it's a whole other thing where you have characters with you know multiple characters with different backstories and ongoing plot. you gotta carry on the plot through you know that's harder to put through five movies yeah Taken it's just like okay the premise is someone gets taken and then you just make that the premise every movie, and remember, people are just watching for the action. Remember Taken Two? Now there's two that are taken. Taken Three? I think there were still two Dude, people, but still. They're just coming up with ideas like, how yeah. do we make it more interesting? How do I get new family members so they could be taken? Is Liam Neeson young enough to have a grandmother? <laughs> She's gone. Someone stole Grandma's tombstone. Boom. Someone someone robbed the senior citizen home, and go. they took his grandma. Now he has to find her. There you go. But if he didn't like his grandma and they were like, we have your grandma and he's like, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who you are. Dude, she she nags me. Too. She calls me constantly. If you take just take her phone away from her, you can have her. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think that's, yeah. a, that's it for today. That's the second episode in the bag. So uh, we're working on getting iTunes working up right now. Uh, make sure to follow us on Spotify. I have a YouTube account made. Google Podcasts, and Apple Music pending. Yeah. So, yeah. And if you're on Spotify, give us five stars. Please, we appreciate that's all, it. That's, you can't give less than five stars. It literally won't let you. 
Yeah, we, no. we put it in the settings. Trust me. So I, don't even think about like a three star. Spotify has been hacked. Five star yeah. only reviews. Yeah. If it's a one star, just stop listening. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Later. Well, thank you for listening and have a good one. We out.